This episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by the good folks at the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum and Auditorium. You're watching any of E's coverage of the Academy Awards not one week ago. You might have seen them at the corner. Why? Because they're located at the crossroads of entertainment, and that's where the Academy Awards happen, ladies and gentlemen. Hollywood and Highland, you're looking for something to do. Maybe you've seen an IMAX movie at the Chinese theater, and you're like, man, there's no good pizza around here. Let's fill our brains instead of our stomachs. You could go over to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium after 5.30 p.m. and get two people in for the price of one, only $20. Thanks to this podcast, just mentioned Star Trek The Next, Gen- Next Conversation, and they'll be like, what are you talking about? And then you'll be like, the podcast. And then they'll be like, oh, right, yes, that okay here you go two for one enjoy have a lovely experience and he's just looking at me like should we be saying this <laughs> no i love it <laughs> i think they're really getting their money's worth no i think it's like uh i really just hope they brief everybody on this uh, thing i don't want I them anyone impressed. confused i don't want anyone confused yeah i want everyone to go in and, and enjoy their uh time there uh so look you're looking at something to do you know what to do. After 5.30 p.m., two for one, $20. Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium, Hollywood and Highland, the Crossroads of Entertainment. It's good enough for the Academy Awards. It's good enough for you. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation, the number one podcast in the galaxy for talking about Beverly Crusher falling in love. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. Um, we're probably not, honestly, not even the number one podcast for that kind of thing. No. <laughs> Usually you get much more specific in your description. I do! Oh man, should we do it again? No. Yeah, let's... No! Let's no, Andy, yeah, you don't love be to edit. Silly. Come on! I love to edit. <laughs> Why would I edit? I would just do an intro over again. Don't be silly. <laughs> let's listen to last week's and see how I introed ourselves then. Somebody was talking... I about... know. Okay. <laughs> we uh, really sort of ate our own tail. I loved it. Yeah. But eventually, uh, someone commented how we were listening to ourselves last week, and I want to eventually reach a point where we are just listening to ourselves listening to ourselves, and you can't even tell what episode you're listening to anymore. Look, we almost had a time when we played an argument back, listened to us play back the argument, and then had another argument about that argument, but we got cooler heads prevailed. Yes. <laughs> and we said, let's not waste 45 minutes <laughs> of people's time. That podcast was still that, over two and a half hours. That one wasn't a fun argument so much as no. a, uh, just a very it was like, contentious. Uh, Matt and Andy unleashed. It was contentious and pointless. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, eventually, as Andy and I have discovered, all of our arguments circle back on us agreeing with each other. Which we uh, we we don't uh, we we agree to in theory, but not in the specifics. Yeah, um, Matt, we get there. There's uh, not only do we have our usual uh, our usual um, section, would we say, uh, 
feature. Uh, Matt, would you have them watch this? But our, our friend, uh, Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins, sent us, uh, as requested... Yeah? Um, A jingle for this particular segment? Well, he sent the jingle in last week, and then you asked for one with a three-second pause and then a trumpet so that you could fit your answer inside. (laughs) And he sent it in. Oh, great. Uh, What do you say about this guy? I say that uh, he is much more proactive than the hosts of this podcast. (laughs) Certainly. Um, Are you ready, Matthew? I hope so. Matt, would you have them watch this episode? Yeah, if you like Beverly. Probably. <laughs> See how much better that was? Really amazing. <laughs> you guys had the visual. He was also looking at his iWatch while he was doing that. <laughs> so There's a, was a lot of multitasking going on. I just had to figure out what, you know, I want to get the timing right. Sure. You want to hit the post, Sandy. You can't yeah. just uh, willy nilly. No, I hear you. These things. I think it was funny anyway. I'm an expert. Um, at, at what? <laughs> that jingle. <laughs> that jingle. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's it's the ten thousand hours thing. You're going to have to work on. Yeah, I do ten thousand <laughs> hours of jingles. Thanks to this podcast, and then I'm an expert. Um, thanks, Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> uh, and then uh, anytime you're ready, we can slip into the Admirals Club. Well, Andy, I'm always ready to slip into the Admirals Club. In fact, here we go. Matt, how did I get into the Admiral Club? You got into the Admiral Club. Are you on iTunes? Thank you. Let's take a look at what Nunk Pro Tunk says to us. Finally. Um, I'm to hear from Nunk Pro Tunk forever. <laughs> bummed or bumped? Are oh. y'all saying bummed or bumped? As in, it really bummed slash uh, bumped slash bummed me when uh, Luxana Troy turned out to be the focus of the episode. And I... It's these. Uh, I believe it could have been either. No, bumped. do you think it's bumped? Didn't it, it really bumped me. Yeah. In that, in that kind, it really because bumped that me is like that is that our that like is bumped. the terminology we use in in, in comedy work. writing. Yeah. Yes, bumped essentially is like it's just like uh, that kind of that strikes a wrong chord with me. Yeah. Um, it's like I was enjoying my ride, and then all of a sudden, hmm, yeah, what's that? You can get bummed when something bumps you. That's true. Um, the next one is from Admiral Jesse Aaron, um, who says, the best dysfunctional podcast in the Alpha Quadrant. Wait, so they left us five five stars and then said that bummed or bumped? The, uh, oh, yes, absolutely. That's great. That's the only way you get in is the five stars. You can say whatever you like. Um, and uh, Admiral Jesse says, uh, I've listened to every episode many more than once. Oh, my gosh. Good for is, you, sir. I was about to say I'm sorry. I have listened to many Trek podcasts, but this is definitely the only one that has me walking around the house saying, I'm the president in my best <laughs> uh, Maurice Hurley voice. So that would have been, I'm the president. No, no. I'm, no. I'm, I'm, oh, my gosh. I've lost my Hurley. Kukobird. Say Kukobird. You'll get there. Kukobirds. I'm the president. There Thank you, you go. Uh, keep up the adequate work and say, set phasers to fun. Disengage. <laughs> And last one's from Russell Says Go, who says, what? Andy, Andy, I'm very sorry. Well, I, too. I, I fucked this up. What okay. I would like you to do right now is say Cuckoo Bird as Maurice Hurley. Okay. And then I'll do my job. Okay. Cuckoo Bird. 
He's been getting a lot of a, a lot of Not applause lately only on the Patreon. They haven't heard this yet. Oh, they haven't. Oh, <laughs> nice. Oh, it's a new new segment where Andy delivers lines the way he would do it <laughs> in an ironically bad fashion, and it's my most. Oh, that is sad that that's only been on the Patreon. <laughs> it's a long run. Yeah, it's good times. Um. Um, for Patreon bonus content, please go to <laughs> patreon.com forward slash Star Trek DNC. Uh, and with that in mind, let us please, Matthew. Scoot- oh, wait, <laughs> wait are finish. you doing it in a bad voice? With that in mind, let us please. <laughs> no, that's not a, not a bad read. That's just Secunda. But uh, also in keeping with that, I didn't finish my last uh, Admiral from uh, Russell Says Go, who said, what? Uh, these guys are idiots. That's what he says. But he gave us five stars. So That's fine with me. You're an admiral, friend. Um, and with that, we're done. Uh, oh, thank God. So I slip into the uh, United Federation of Planets President Circle. Oh, that's me. <laughs> so we can say hello to all of our... Oh, of course, of course. Our glorious straight, lieutenants. Straight through this time. In their, in their dress reds and blues. Oh, I said straight through this time. No, thank God I it's such a long door. Oh boy! Is this not happening? Oh no! Wonder people are not listening to us anymore. Oh, that is really weird. <laughs> Clicked it like seven times. I'm in charge of clicking. Yeah, you didn't even know there's a holiday. I wonder if this show would be like seven minutes without all the mistakes. <laughs> Um, if you know how to make a seven-minute episode without mistakes, please let us know. Oh, interesting. It's the Wild West that me? in here. No, that's me. Oh, I mean, the Hollow DJ. Oh, sweet. It's not me. Is this, this is just a general West theme? Yeah. Just, that's that's not, it's not a Red Dead West No, theme. it is not. Um, I, uh, I got my... Uh, oh, it got bad. Yeah. yeah too much twanging in there. I got my uh, Legend of the East satchel, Matt. Finally, uh, finally, the guys, the guys, the guys collecting satchels left and right. I gotta tell you, I don't know if the thing you said last week or the week before is correct that you can buy a bigger satchel. Uh, you uh, mean you for can the, buy an upgraded satchel for your horse saddlebags? Yeah. Yes, I'm talking about one you carry around. Can't you get that in the accessories department of the of the gunsmith? I don't believe you can because oh, it no. says in the in when you go to the camp. It says, uh, is that more Sergio Leone-esque? Um, nice. <laughs> oh, this is a spoiler. You don't hear the song till the I'll accept, till late in the game. I'll accept score spoilers as long as the oh, title doesn't. This yeah. is called Duel of the Fates, The Death of Qui-Gon. <laughs> that, was, that was a huge thing. <laughs> People were really confused. Like, what are you doing? Oh, I, re- I bought the score. Now I saw the movie ending. Oh. Um, that's very familiar. That was always that. That music makes me very tense. The Duel of the Fates. That music there. I don't know oh, if this, I have yeah, I've heard sure. exactly that, but I've definitely heard variations of it. And wow. uh, that means there are a lot of people shooting at you when you hear that. Um. Anyways, <laughs> the Hollow DJ is really creating a lot of content today. <laughs> um. We have to award our Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Uh. We have two of them to. Uh, to pin on people today. That's right. 
Um, and our two awardees are Lieutenant Kristen Scalisi. Hey, Kristen Scalisi. So glad you're an honor to Starfleet and the entire galaxy owes you a debt. Also known as Goddess of Carbs. And she says, this will probably get me thrown in the brig for insubordination rather than earning me a Christopher Pike Medal of Valor since Matt is a former Mac genius. This is true. But I'm saying it anyway. On my Google Pixel 2, you can control volume separately from ringtone, media, call volume, and alarms. It seems like that is a feature that Matt would benefit from. Oh, see, what you're thinking is that I'm not getting text messages, phone calls, etc. on my computer, which I am. Oh, right. Yeah, so we need a solution for I'm that. I'm Apple, and we have an ecosystem that all works together. <laughs> uh, it's to turn alerts, alerts off, and I fucking forget all the time. Gotcha. Goddess of carbs. I'm giving you a medal, but I'm sorry. And Lieutenant Chris Nedgewitz says, uh, posted too late last month, here's one. On an episode of Orville, I'd be curious what your take is on this, Matthew. Okay. Uh, on an episode of Orville, Bruce Willis apparently uh, voiced a giant flower and then was uncredited, according to IMDb. Mm-hmm. Which I, re- I think I remember seeing the flower, with, and I was like, that sounds like Bruce Willis. Uh, what are some reasons an actor goes uncredited? It seems like Bruce would want to be credited for the work and that the show would want Bruce Willis's name associated. Uh, doing a favor for someone and it won't meet his quote, so he goes uncredited. Oh, interesting. I, I thought it would be kind of like that it's almost all parties agreeing on um, on it being an Easter egg. Yes, but it's generally like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You're not going to meet Bruce Willis's quote. I'm going to do it for you because I like you. Right. And then the agent goes, yeah, but they're not going to put your name in the credits, Bruce, baby. <laughs> <laughs> all right. If I got to do it like that, fine. Doing That's how he does it. You did you doing a little bit of a Frank, and then you did a, a Reverend Jim in there. Well, that's Bruce Willis, and oh, I see. that's how that works. Oh, nice. That's, that's Bruce Willis is, is Reverend Jim, yeah, and uh, the generic agent. <laughs> Love it. You know. Um, uh, with that, we're uh, we're done with the uh, we're done with the the president circle. No. Yeah, already? Well, you always forget we, we have hails yet to do. <laughs> so if that's what you're thinking, why it seems so oh, fast. Oh, thank God we're done. <laughs> Let's beam ourselves directly to the... Uh, what am I doing? Trans? Nope, don't want to make a transfer Bank of America. <laughs> I want to find a transfor- <laughs> transporter. A banking. Guys, I got no banking get, on, on this I, ship, pal. I, I, I gotta get all my bank again. I, if I don't get my bank again, then everyone. <laughs> there is uh, no banking uh, in this century. <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? I uh, buy I have all these credits. Are you a Ferengi spy, Matt? Oh, just take these gold press latinums for this transporter trip. Thanks. And that was the Admiral's Club. Captain, Captain, we are being hailed. All right. Our first hail mm. is from um, President Admiral Captain Ben, 25th grade. Sure. Um, it says, uh, hi, Andy. Uh, I'm listening to the new podcast and just heard Matt say that everyone thanks you for forgetting to read that letter in an accent. Well, I most certainly don't. <laughs> oh, well. I love Secunda accents. In fairness, I'm sorry I didn't get everybody's but <laughs> Especially the Australian ones. I pluralize that because you have many. In fact, I would go so far as to say that each of your attempts are different. You have no coherent Australian or any other accent. 
Uh, Myra is not my president. Anyway, while I'm here, I need to get a couple more things off my chest. Uh, and then he says, this is important. You've had two Ask Frank segments now. How have you not asked him about playing with fish? I'm the one who left the voicemail about his work on the album Hoist sometime around episode 55. I want to know how he feels about receiving a gold record for having his beguiling, bone-bumping, relegated to a, a, jo- a joke track because they weren't good enough on a real one. Most of all, I want to know where he keeps his gold record and what he thought of the whole experience playing with fish. Please mention this to Myra. He loves fish. How can I he do. not ask these questions? We're all uh, we're not all best friends with Frank's men. We can't just ask ourselves. We can't be as cool as Matt Myra or as lucky as his sidekick Secunda. It and is very weird to be very good friends with Jonathan Frakes. But also not weird because it feels like we just have known each other forever. Um, I'm. Uh, I can't call myself uh, a friend of his as of yet, uh, but I, I like to. Uh, I like to be a on beloved acquaintance. Uh, certainly. Um, uh, so yeah, I, let me answer that question. Go ahead uh, and say that uh, that's on me, and uh, I'm happy to ask him next time if we remember. Which uh, you know, let's be serious. We're not going to. Well, I'll tell but you what. Nice I'll theory. tell you what. This is on him now. I'm putting it back on him. Uh oh. The week before. You have to you have to email us the week before the next Frakes directed episode. Comes oh, up, smart! And then that'll put it in my brain. You know what you've sneakily done? You've made him responsible. Yeah, for us to remember being aware when he's going to direct an episode again because we won't remember. So <laughs> it's very clever, Matt. That's me. Um, and uh, he also has a second part, which is number two. The word bemused does not mean amused; it means confused. And this is definitely a mistake I made. Because I've been using the word bemused in that fashion for years. Thank you so much for correcting it before I was in an, an important meeting and used the word bemused incorrectly. Uh, and if you have any other, uh, you know, grammar mistakes I make, uh, please. Uh, uh, grammatical? Is that is that grammatical mistakes? Grammatical errors. That might be grammatical errors. There's one right there. Um, please. Uh, I'm happy. You know, shoot it over. Pod at Gmail. Dot com. Uh, love you, dummies. You're the best. Regards. Uh, uh, love you too, Andy. Uh, no, Again, I couldn't me. tell if you were I'm reading not or not. I couldn't no, tell. I was, no, I jumped I back and tell. forth. I couldn't. I your feel voice, like you have no change. I in feel timber. like you could. So what? Give me an example. How would you like? Give me a, a little voice change. Well, you know what? I do this on Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. We're right. always reading emails. Right, right. And I say, this is me. Not this is this is them. Not me. And I read blah 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 blah. And then I'll comment and I'll be like, that's me. It. it Sounds that, more that confusing. Seems completely clunky. And it sounds more confusing than it is, but it's so seamless when I do it <laughs> that it just like it just slides in and out of the ears like velvet. So if I'm like, like I'm a, reading like a and velvet then Q-tip, and then I want to make a little comment, you're saying I should go. Now this is me. Now, well, it depends on it depends on the way it uh, goes. So if you'd like me to read the next email and I'll demonstrate, I'm happy to do it for you. Just turn your little uh, desky over here. Okay. Okay, guys. <clears throat> Here comes the next hail. It's it's from. Uh, is this just the subject? I don't know how you arrange this. Uh, I I vary it. So do it. So do like. I say the subject and then who it's I, from? I usually I usually do that. All and then right. I might Jump to the thing and then Woo-hoo! I'll say. This is from Lauren Valensky. She says, "Thanks for mentioning the one dollar Admirals Club members." There's a $1 Admirals Club? She made a $1 doma- donation, and I and I mentioned it because I thought it was nice that she doesn't get anything, and she just still oh, gave us a dollar to the Patreon. She continues, Andy, I already support other podcasts, so I couldn't afford another. 
X amount, uh, 250 amount, she says, uh, per month. And I didn't realize I could do a custom amount until I heard that. So I'm in at a measly $5 a month. Winky face smile. Andy, back to Matt. She's great. That is just the kind of generosity that only a Star Trek audience could have. A people who grew up watching warring factions come together and Trills live in a symbiotic uh, species. <laughs> I, I got I to gotta point something out to you, Matt. When you broke from the letter and talked to me, you didn't say the thing. You just asked your question to me. And I knew because you were looking at me, you were asking the question. And because of the context, you were asking the question. Oh. <laughs> Maybe I've been wrong this entire time. <laughs> and it's all about eye contact. That may be. And so I might have to then look at you. You're a little louder than but me. Usually, Sorry, buddy. You're peeking. Okay. I, well, I I frequently am peeking. But right. not too early. <laughs> I've had to turn Just us, on time. I've had to turn us down lately. Yeah. yeah. In post. We've been more animated lately, I think. <laughs> um, Captain America's awesome! <laughs> Tune into Patreon. It also may, may be that we're listening to more explosions lately. Um, and the last one is from uh, Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins, who I mentioned earlier, who not only uh, reworked the uh, the opening, should should they watch this, but also, um, I wonder if he wrote me on this. He said something that's, I don't know if he had it laying around, it's from Contagion, which is season two, episode eleven. Uh, but I thought you he said, uh, "Here's this Matt singing a here's Matt singing a song about tea." Um, we think it's the first oh, time we've ordered tea. Oh, the tea year old tea. gray hot. Yeah, I remember that song. Uh, we've played this. Oh, we we've, have. We've played a the tea jingle before, a long time ago. Because yeah, it was a few weeks ago. Oh, a few weeks ago. All right, then I've already played it. Then never mind. Oh. Well, it was great. Play it again. All right. Here for anybody who might have missed it last time. Here it is. First time for tea, oh, gray hot. It's the greatest drink in the galaxy. Nice. Great song. <laughs> tea, oh, gray hot. I love it. Um, And I that it. is uh, it for the Hells. <laughs> Frequencies closed, sir. Oh, oh, no! What did he forget? One last thought. <laughs> um, uh, Regarding Mark Schultes and actually several others, think that it goes at the end. Yes, then it goes at the end. So well, let what, me ask this: Does it go before the president's circle? Well, there uh, a couple of people said that it should go at the very end after disengage. The very end, well, because I it's guess, like the closing credits. I guess then. We'll do it. All right. Here we go. It's up to Andy to remember. So the only thing I will say here, because it's not Don't part of Don't forget to email Andy to remind him if he doesn't do it. <laughs> and if you want to email me, it's sdtncpod at gmail.com. Uh, the gentleman across from me Seamless. is at Matt Myra, and my Instagram is at Andrew Secunda, and I'm my Twitter is at Secunda. The rest of it's at the end. If you want to contact us. <laughs> if you want to contact the actual show and not personally Andy then listen to the end of the show. I like to hear from people. I'm engaged. I know you're over it, but I like to engage in social media. It's not that I'm over it. I just like to feel better about life and not go on there. Just, right. you know, it's not I anything to do with the people who I, think I love. I'm not, I just don't follow the contentious people. Yeah, I just, any news bothers me. Oh, I don't look at the news. Yeah. I mean, I don't look at the news on Twitter. And I look I at the news in a controllable way. I that's why they call it the news. <laughs> nice. Hello, Weird Al, Matt Myra. <laughs> 
da, 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 da. <laughs> it's a nighttime episode. That's what happens. Everybody gets punchy. Mm, what are we doing now? <laughs> uh, this day in Trek, my friend. Wait, is that what this is? Yeah. What? To, hang on. Wow, twenty minutes in. What a what a brief greatness we did here. All right, Andy. Um, and it's. Uh, I'll tell you because that's what I do. Yeah, that's how this, good, that's yes. how this normally yeah, I, works. I always forget it myself. Boy, oh boy. This aired, this is the host, Andy. It's uh, production number 197. It aired the week of May 13th, 1990. Fun? It was a good, fun year. What was number one on the charts, Andy? I'll tell you, Matt. I like the way, uh, in parentheses, the kissing game, by High Five, which I have no memory of this, so I'll be shocked to. I like the way. I made that up. That doesn't. It's not really anything. I but like this is the, how the way song goes. the kissing game happens. This sounds familiar. The synthesizer sounds yes. familiar. Not, I got no hit hit on it. It's just good to brain yet. It's a boy band. Got a boys to men vibe. Edition vibe, really, I would say. Yeah, a little more of that Bobby Brown funk. I literally no recollection of this. I, I don't either. So interesting. Where are all the high fivers now? You know what? We're gonna listen to the Gap Man instead. Go ahead, Andy. All right. The other one was the Shoop Shoop song by Cher. If you want it. Um, and Shoop Shoop Song by Cher was uh, preferred in the UK. Uh, Object Lessons by Anna Quinlan was a bestseller, and the action thriller sequel FX2. Oh, I the- loved FX2! Are you serious? It's the animatronic clown one! I loved the first one. I don't know that I've ever seen the second uh, one. FX2 played in heavy rotation on HBO when I was a child, so it like, is not a Patreon, but uh, it had um, the animatronic clown, and I also remember him, uh, they were fighting in a meatpacking situation, and he... Like uh, you know how they would seal up a hamburger meat, like on a on a on a styrofoam tray. You know how you get the hamburger uh-huh. like sealed up in a deli, yeah, with a vacuum seal. Uh-huh. He like put somebody's head on there and they vacuum sealed him in, and he was like, go like give me the information, blah blah blah, and then he like poked a hole for the guy to breathe. Finally, oh nice. Although I, I will hope say that was FX too, and not something else. I remember. That's not an an effect. He's just—it's just, it's just a thing just that using happened. Ingenuity around it. I guess that's true, but he's not MacGyver. He's an FX man. Yeah, but he's an FX MacGyver. Yeah. Um, Brian, what was that guy's name? Anyway, uh, <laughs> look it up. <laughs> Brian, look it up. I wonder. What, I wonder what there, there should be a there should be like a term for for like provoking someone's brain into either knowing something and like you can't be there to answer it or not having the answer for it. That's mm. so fascinating. Led the box office for his first week of release. The Queen Elizabeth this, uh, two arrives in Washington, D.C. for a two-week royal visit in the States. Here's a, little, here's a little Apple detail for you, Matt. Apple released the new Macintosh OS System 7 featured uh, virtual memory, personal file sharing, and the introduction of the QuickTime video software. 
Yankee fans heckled Oakland A's slugger Jose Caseco by singing Madonna's Like a Virgin. Is he dating? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, rumored to be having an extramarital affair. You naughty boy, Jose Canseco. Um, Time Magazine's cover featured a tearful youngster with the caption, Crack kids! Their mother used drugs, and now it's the children who suffer. I, uh, I didn't really know what that was before I put the spin on it. I really, I really went so, Were so you, far from the, from the tone that I was supposed to. You up like to. a machine. This I is really the problem am. with you turning down the volume. You start talking louder. To oh, that oh, okay. it clips the audio. All right, all right. You can take, you can guys. I have to stop Andy from hurting all of us just by turning this up and turning us down <laughs> so that he will not clip the audio. I can't believe how intuitively wrong I was on how I chose to read that. That's the saddest thing ever, and I read it it's, in the most upbeat tone ever. I think what you were trying to do there it felt to me like you were thinking it was going to be like this brand new kid fad sweeping the nation. <laughs> I guess it was, just in really the worst way possible. Um, and Matt, I don't know if you remember, but last week uh, we introduced a new sub-segment to this day in Trek. Oh my god. That is Sinatra related. <laughs> and uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the newest What was what was Frankie up to? What was what was the chairman of the board up to? Uh, on May 13th, 1991. And, uh, I'm going to play the uh, intro to the segment uh, to get us into this. Do you want to do, how do, you want, this? do you want to start? Are you, you play the intro okay. to the segment. All right, here we go. Frank Sinatra, cool. come on. Da, 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 da. It's time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> Frank Sinatra, come on. All I long for, all I how much farther can this podcast fall apart before we're done with all the Star Trek? I mean, the beauty of it is we have seemingly an endless number to get to now. Season 3 of Discovery starting production in July. Um, on this date, Frank was on his way to the Aaron J. Nutter Center in Fairborn, Ohio as part of his Diamond Jubilee World Tour. He'd sing there on May 15th to approximately approximately 9,200 attendees. I love that we are giving audience figures. <laughs> um, if our friend who does the Frank Sinatra come on, wants to, you know, uh, maybe can dig in. Maybe there's other stuff going on in Frank's life. <laughs> who knows? All right. That was, uh, that was Frank. And now it's time, Andy, to talk about the episode. Exciting. This is from uh, Larry Nemechek, Star Trek The Next Generation Companion, Revised Edition. This was directed by Marvin V. Rush and written by Michael Horvat. And here is the synopsis. Are you ready? Dr. Crusher falls in love with Odin, a trillion mediator en route to settle a bitter dispute between the Peliar's Alpha and Beta Moons. But while shuttling down to the surface, he is mortally wounded by a marauding ship. In surgery, his Dr. Beverly is shocked to find a parasite living inside him. Her surprise is compounded when she learns that Odin himself is the parasite, occupying the host's body in a joint symbiotic arrangement the Trill have used for generations. As the dispute grows more intense, Riker volunteers to be Odin's host while a replacement is sent, although Riker's human body adjusts to its new co-tenant. Dr. Crusher cannot accept that the first officer is her lover. Odin agrees to stay away. The Moon's delegates are just as uneasy about the situation, but Odin convinces them he can be trusted. Finally, 
Dr. Crusher decides she can accept Odin even in Riker's body, and they spend one more night together. Odin then settles the political dispute in a marathon session that greatly weakens Riker's body. Crusher removes Odin from Riker's body. Both recover well. Then the expected Trill host body replacement arrives, only to turn out to be female. Crestfallen, Beverly admits she can't take Odin's constant changes. The two do, however, exchange vows of love before he leaves. And there we have it. There we have it. (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of it's almost rabbinical that yeah, it's <laughs> old man river actually yeah. um well there's such a fine line <laughs> sure andy mm-hmm. how do you feel about starting off with a personal log counselor diana troy personal log stardate four guess what guys that was last week's personal log i was gonna say three episodes in a row start with personal log <gasps> interesting i hadn't right? noted that i'm just gonna go Boom. Wait, hang on. What is the last episode before that one? Anyway, I'll play the beginning of this one just for just to get that point out there, everybody. It's probably the only time it ever happens. Dr. Beverly Crusher, personal log, stardate 44821.3. Hang on. Let's, let, me jump, let me jump to the next episode. Okay. Just real quick, Andy. Personal log, Chief Engineer Jordy LaForge, stardate. Interesting. Right? I guess it must have been a decision. Like, it's how like, come we can't hear from other people? We're in season four. We can finally play in the galaxy we created. Yeah. Oh, I guess that is that is sort of s. That is sort of true. Right. Yeah. Let's yeah. just mess with the form. At least the good shows mess with the form. You dropped a bomb on me, baby, Andy. Yeah. What was your initial instinct to our quickly having to accept? Um this new love of Dr. Beverly Crusher into our lives. I like that they shortcut the explanation as opposed to doing the usual endlessly slow, like seeing the, seeing it happen and everything. I, I think I that, cannot wait for you to watch In Theory. Oh, yeah. oh I can't wait. Guys, good I think you all agree bad. with me that we cannot wait for Andy to watch In Theory. I don't know. That, that doesn't even sound familiar as an episode title. Dr. Beverly Crusher, personal log started. I mean, should I even tease it and give you the log line? Mm, probably not. Okay. You'll see the four, trailer four, next eight, week, two, one. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, Hang on. Okay. She's got to finish her log. All right. Began an analysis today of the respiratory problems being experienced on the beta moon of Peliozel. Finally got an actual letter from Wesley topped the class in exobiology but he's still struggling in ancient philosophies look i i like I the flavor that. i like the flavor a lot just complaining mom love it i love that she's just i like that we're keeping sort of tabs on this character we had totally. for three and a half years and then left and now we're like well, we should probably mention wesley yeah there's someone new in my life i also like that he's not getting in touch with him that's always been her problem with him, which I enjoyed. That it yeah, still is. Same character. So, I mean, like, to come in this tight on face-sucking. Yeah. Look, I don't want to explain it away, but I'm going to do it one more time, Andy. Okay. It's four by three. <laughs> don't think it's blocking. They have to get real close. Master <laughs> Odan, Dr. Crusher, I was just on my way to speak to you. Hello, Data. I've completed my study on the atmospheric variations which have occurred on the moon since the new technology was implemented. Oh, thank I love how uh, slow and not data-like he seems in this episode. 
he does seem always a commander. Step that will be most helpful. On. Efforts to mediate the quarrel. I could go over it with you now. It would not require more than two hours. Oh, we we do appreciate that data, but the ambassador and I have set aside this time to analyze the incidents of the lung disease on the moon's inhabitants. Then it is perfect timing, Doctor. What better occasion to integrate my results into your study? Now that I think about it, you're absolutely right, Commander. Unfortunately, I'm not feeling very well. Uh, perhaps Dr. Crusher could get you started inputting your information. I myself must return to my quarters. Ambassador, are you still having those awful headaches? I'd better bring you a hypospray to take care of it. I would be most grateful. By the way, I'm still confused on, is the headache made up? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Is it just an excuse to get her into the room, right? Yeah, but I mean, I just don't like that we're also playing the fact that he doesn't want to be transported and has to like uh, hit his trill with some light <laughs> when he gets to his quarters. Because that feels like, well, is he having a headache because his trill is upset? Mm, that also, I guess, might be true. The medical that mo- is a very Andy Secunda thing of me to wonder out loud, by the way. It's true. I know. We are becoming the same person. (laughs) Just like a trill. (laughs) At least an hour. But I do not believe much time can be saved by exhibiting such haste now, Doctor. Data, there are times when every second does count. She has got to have it. I mean, wouldn't you? No, if this I don't guy like came this on board. Guy. This guy is such a a. Che- Why do they this pair guy, off no, no, these hang poor on. Let me ladies just say this. with these cheesy schmoes? This is fucking prime 1991 yeah, hour-long know. television hunkability. I know he's like a perfect soap star. The hair, yeah. the long face, he's like Fabio. The way he just gracefully moves in those pajama uniforms. The way he's pregnant. <laughs> oh, I love it. I, do you think it was pregnancy or a home-cooked meal? No, oh, could have been either. That's how I felt he's all day. He's just feeling day. bloated. This is how I felt all day, literally. <laughs> you felt like you got a trill in you? Literally. <laughs> Pushing out on your stomach? Oops. I got a trill, like, constantly in me. Although, you know, what did you have for lunch on set today, Andy? Let's see. I started the day with a, uh, a glazed jelly donut. Sure. Um, and then I had a bowl of sugary cereal, a cinnamon toast thing. That a cinnamon up. toast crunch? Or uh, just a cinnamon toast thing? It wasn't Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I think it was a knockoff. Oh. Um, and then uh, I think there were some waffles. And then... This, by the way, I want everyone to know that Andy gets to set around 7 a.m. This probably brings us to 8.15. <laughs> it's, about, it's 100% right. <laughs> and then I think I had a... Uh, oh, and then we had John and Vinny's for lunch. So I had a... Oh, so you went, you went upstairs instead of downstairs. Oh, yeah. I had John and Vinny's. Um, had uh, four slices of pizza, a uh, couple of meatballs. Um, Did you have any of the pasta? Had the pasta too. Did you mix any of the uh, the ricotta in there? I uh, had a little bit of scoop of ricotta, but it just felt like too much, you know, Matt. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, and then, oh, also there was a coffee cake around at some point. Had some of that at night. I don't remember when it when it appeared. I think the coffee also- cake because Beverly Goldberg made. Seven thousand baked goods today, like that no, she I brought in. I didn't eat any of those. Are you sure? I didn't, but I did. Have... I had a lot of them. Oh, were they good? I had the banana bread. I had. She had a coffee cake that had apple in it. That was really good. Uh huh. Oh man, really? Yeah, interesting. Look, uh, she she apparently knows how to cook. 
Well, that's her character, so I'm glad it's true. <laughs> Life. Peter Tate's art. <laughs> All right. So All right. He's got something in his stomach. What sure you, does. What do you think of the tease? Uh, I don't. The, uh, the I'm not fond of the actor, so he bumped me immediately. Did we talk about who the actor was? Does no. Does Frank Does Frank Luz strike any bells for you? No. Um, I have to agree with you. The other lady we see later is Barbara Tarbuck, who's been in everything, but she also had no second. By the way, me. so here's this guy, Frank Luck, Frank Luz, uh-huh. and I'm saying like. Oh, he's such this guy. Yeah. Here are the credits on his page: A Team, Beauty and the Beast, Silk Stockings, oh, Remington course. Steel, Yeah, Hunter. <laughs> yeah, all the same. I mean, it's just all exactly what you think it would be. This guy's hilarious looking when you see him out of his makeup. Oh, I can't wait! It's just there exactly. Is, there is one more photo. No, I just have that. It's exactly what you imagined. Totally. Uh, so you don't like? You're not fond of the actor? Aesthetically, but what what is it? Uh, it's it's the soap performance that is what. <laughs> but it, it feels so soapy and appropriate for what he's doing. Personal log. I cannot get away from this oh, fucking you really episode. Can't wait to get into the I next episode. I cannot get away from this episode. Mind's eye just keeps playing. May I ask? Yes, you, please. Thank God. What do you? What did you like? Did first of all, I I I got no problem with them jumping in. Like, let's fucking do a. Uh, a Beverly Beverly's romantic love plot. situation. I'm into it. Yeah. Um. Uh, I really like the the issues, the themes in the episode. I think are really like crazily advanced for the time. Um. Well, how did you feel about the presentation of their romance? Because I couldn't. It was like it still. S- I was on struck board me for as it. like uh, an older, like a middle aged white guy's perspective on on. Like a a, a a female perspective romance. You've never felt like that about someone. Where you, you very quickly fall in love with someone, and you're just like over the moon. It felt very, at least to me, it felt very. Uh, I mean, it's truncated because of the fact that it didn't has to be and happen in an act and a half. Uh-huh. But it all it all rang true in an exaggerated fashion to me. Uh huh. Yeah. I, I guess I'm not... I don't have a problem with the fact that it happens Wait, quickly. Have you ever loved before? Well, there's also that. I don't know what you humans do. I don't understand <laughs> Wait, it. Andy, you just said you <gasps> humans. Oh, no. Should I edit that out? Oh, disengage. <laughs> um, so, I, I don't know. Maybe it's the dialogue. Maybe it's the specifics. Well, I think it's all... It all it has to happen so... Uh, I'd be curious how our lady listeners feel about... Their modern lady listeners feel about watching this. Like, if they feel romantic watching it, or if they're like, this is bullshit. But is it bullshit because of this pace, or is it like... I'm, I'm also curious, too. Andy, uh, let's put up the... Uh, no, not you, Siri. Look, Siri has an, an opinion. Siri, do you find this... Uh, Siri, what do you think of the Star Trek The Next Generation episode, The Host? Hey, Siri. Do you like Star Trek? I have not seen Star Trek. I'm surprised they don't But, but I'm watching it constantly while you're in the room. <laughs> hey, Siri. What's your favorite episode of Star Trek? Sorry, I can't search for that. 
<laughs> Siri <That> sucks. <laughs> you think that Star Trek questions Hang would be on. the first thing these Let people would, pl- would program into her? Alexa, do you like Star Trek? Fucking nailed it. What did it say? It said, I do hope to live long and prosper. Holy crap! So, I'm just saying, Apple, get your shit together. Jesus! That is a... That is a full-on takedown of, <laughs> of one app over the other. Listen, uh, you know, you can actually uh, change Alexa's wake word to computer. Really? Yeah. So you can be like, computer, oh, show man. me the news. Oh, man. Apple, come on. I bet you could change Apple's wake word, too, but probably not, because whatever. Uh, okay, so they fall in love quickly. We're supposed to see this. This dialogue is whatever. Energy taps. <laughs> Well, if I don't get back soon and take a look at his projections, he just might come looking for me. Do you know, when I first met the formidable Dr. Beverly, uh, ten days ago, I thought to myself, this woman is ice. (laughs) (laughs) Her bones. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I hear what you're saying. Thank you. I hear what you're saying. But, I mean, look. I'm just going to go back for one second here. Okay. And I want you to pay very close attention to this line. And I want you to sort of think about how you might deliver it (laughs) if you were put in this role. Okay. Because sometimes I feel like your criticism of Star Trek is like, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, but also the words. (laughs) Right. All right, here we go. Okay. You know, when I first met the formidable Dr. Beverly, uh, ten days ago, I thought to myself, this woman is ice. Through to her bones. (laughs) All right, Andy. Could you please... uh, This is not a secunda standing, which is also a new segment that you should be on the Patreon. I'm not, I'm not necessarily on, is on board with Secunda Standing. I don't really... I don't know that I Secunda Stand what Secunda Standing is. That's but, the beauty uh, of the segment. It's whatever I want it to be. Uh, this is Andy Secunda's School of Specific Acting Masterclass Volume 8. Matt, if I, uh, if I was hired as uh, Dr. Beverly Crusher's romantic interest mm-hmm. in this particular scene, yeah. here is how I would have delivered that line. Okay. You know, when I met uh, Dr. Beverly uh, ten days ago, I thought to myself, this woman is ice through her bones. Everyone, thank you. Yes, Andrew Secunda. I mean, they couldn't even wait until uh, I finished the line to start applauding. They, they just saw the whole, your body just transformed yeah. into this Lothario. I was luckily wearing the same outfit he's wearing in this, this uh, terry cloth open robe. Also probably helps that uh, you are also living for two. Or eating for two. <laughs> no, that is true. I have a constant trill. This interfering... With your work on the Paleozel problems. Paleozel problems. Unfortunately, I've done about as much as I can until we get there. Because I just can't seem to keep my mind on my work right now. <laughs> He's talking about sex. Are you gone? 
to go. No. Promise me we'll be together tonight. I promise. I can't figure out Yuck. who's who's elevating or who's lowering. It's like I can't figure out in this scene. Like I think that Gates is like trying to get I don't want to say up to this level of campy corniness, but she's trying to get there, you know? I think she's delivering a very good performance for what she's been given, particularly in the scene in the um in the USS Enterprise Day spa. <laughs> Oh, wait, you're saying she's, she's grounding it, or you're saying she's trying to be She's game. trying to get there right. with I, him. I, I, you, you know more about it. My, my vague sense of Gates McFadden is that she would have been totally into, I want a big romantic plot. I want to play this out. Oh, I agree, and I think she's having fun. Right. But I think it's so... She's definitely so much more believable in this plot than this, this other guy. Yeah. And I also think that she's coming up to... Oh. And I want to say up, but I don't. She's 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 coming she's down, coming down to his level <laughs> right. of soapiness, right? Um, it's, it's hard. You got to take the energy. The uh, guys, when you're playing a scene with uh, someone, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. you got to kind of meet their energy. You know, kind of. Uh, <laughs> you're just even applauding the the lessons. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to Andy's Secondary School Specific Acting Masterclass. <laughs> a lot of very enthusiastic people. I I'll be right there, Captain. So that would have been a great time for a computer for for a calm joke of like I'll be right there, Captain. Captain, and then when I'm done, I'll be there for you, Beverly. What's I'm sorry. That? I'm sorry, Ambassador. <laughs> oh, nothing, nothing. I <laughs> don't. Do you think he knows? Knows, knows what? what, Ambassador? <laughs> nothing. I don't understand. I I didn't even hit the button, and he hears everything I'm saying. Yes, that's how this works. Get dressed. I am dressed. <laughs> if the news were encouraging, I assume you would not be here. I'm afraid you're correct, Captain. The situation is growing progressively. Of course we are. This woman seemed real familiar to me, but it's I didn't time daily. Oh, is it time daily? Good for you, time daily. <laughs> uh, side note, just production-wise? No. Production design-wise? You can't wise? give a side note of production. All right. You're not allowed anymore. Never mind. Not since the production union came down on you. Whatevs. <laughs> Let the pe- those people come after me. Um, I, I uh, Usually, the, 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 you know, the little ridge stuff, all the alien stuff, it's like, yeah, all right. Go, taken from the Alien Ridges 101. Are you trying to... Right now, take a shot at the royal family of Westmores, the Westmore makeup dynasty. I think they do a fine job, but I think that at a certain point, the uh, the ridges and, and nose things do become boilerplate. And in this case, I would say it's exceptional. It's believable. They have a, they have a, a loop, and then they take it to the next level. If you know what? If they have this loop, that's probably where they would put an earring type thing. And I really dig it. Andy, honestly, I think you're... you're you're blinded by your actual... Andy has a genuine love of earrings. I, I'm always wearing dangly, giant hoops oh, in my ears. Minor. Andy's like uh, that one Imagineer, James Rohde. That joke um, is for six people. How do I know that name? Uh, I guess I must be a, a, a half of that person, because I know that name, definitely. Uh, oh, Rohde... Uh, sorry. Rohde is... Uh, that's the name is War Machine. Right. That's an iron. What is, what is the Imagineer's name? Rhodes? I don't know. 
anyway, well, I'll get there. I'll find it, and uh, that joke is for no one because I got it wrong. Let's see. I feel like Troy would be more on Joe time. Road. Ambassador Oda. Yep. Maybe actually, it might be Rody. I don't know how it's pronounced. This is Governor Lake Tryon of Peliazel. Ambassador, thank you for coming. I knew your father. So handsome. His efforts helped keep our people at peace for several generations. I would hope to serve you as well as he. Tell me everything you liked about him. Was he charming? Did you like how he sang a song? Um, so, Andy, my joke about about Rhodes, about Rhodey, Joe Joe Rhodey. Uh huh. It was great because he is a guy who cannot stop piercing things into his ears. Yeah. <gasps> so you said earring thing, and I was like, it's like Rhodey. I just thought of something, Matt. <gasps> oh no, is he here? As uh, uh, I loved your work on Everest. This is such an, an off an off podcast conversation. It's not like us to do that kind of thing. Um, but uh, we, uh, you know, I as an executive producer on the, the Goldbergs, uh, I have. Uh, when are you taking me? Uh, well, this is the thing. I and because I have saying. to go on Sunday, the sixteenth. Yeah, with with Dory's family. So if you want to come, oh. Run run that up the flagpole. Sounds a little less fun. Of uh, I, I would like to take you and Dory. Of uh, it's not. It's just. It's uh. It's it's me and Dory, my brother in law, my sister in law, and their two daughters. All right, well, we can talk about it. Um, the uh, the thing I was going to say is, when is this Star Wars thing opening? Because maybe I should save it for that. It's not like you can only use it once. Can you? I think you won a season. This is this is why I said you worked on two ABC shows and as an EP this year. That's right. (laughs) Would I get one for either? (laughs) You should get one for one for series. And when I call back, I'll just do one of my accents and pretend I'm someone else. Why don't you ask for some? Hello, for Andy Secunda, and then ask for some for Andrew Secunda. I will. You're not going to talk to the same person. Thank you for the organizing our Disney trips minute. (laughs) Hang on. I have a, a jingle. Okay. <laughs> this, this is a jingle-filled Shh. episode. I'm stealing it from my favorite Disney YouTube account. Okay. <laughs> to this happy place, welcome. <laughs> it wasn't that great. Anyway. <laughs> Counselor, what is it's it? Ambassador O'Don. I continually feel like fluctuations of emotion Beverly. from him. Should I not Perhaps say that? perfectly normal on the trail. It could be we know so very little about them. Yes. Quite. Is the... What the F? <laughs> What's your question? About, oh, your I'm question sorry. is about feet? <laughs> Did you think this was an insert shot? (laughs) This is a shot of Beverly getting her pedicure. Yeah. And I forgot that they got pedicures in this episode, and that was the spa thing you were talking about. And so I thought he had already had his injury, and this was that they were doing some medical thing to him that had to involve painting his toes. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Well, Andy, we know so little about the trill. It's so true. Um... Interesting. It's just a regular spa with pedicures. Yeah. Also, you can do Did, haircuts. There's a there's a barber back there. Another bowl. She had a barber. special I'm not thing, sure right? If it's Mott. Yeah. Here it goes. There was some kind of special thing for the for painting the the. the, the Is yeah, that the like calignite astringent you have on your eyes? Yes, I guess so. I've never tried it. 
Someone just put it on me. I didn't know you even came in here. I don't. At least, um, at least not very often. But it feels good to indulge yourself sometimes. I guess so. Especially when you haven't done so in a while. Why is the focus so soft on Deanna Troy? Yeah, I don't know. It's a beauty shot. It's weird, though. I agree. What What is that supposed to mean? This is. I think that I like this performance. Great performance. I think this is very. Uh, By Gates. This feels very. In her wheelhouse. A hundred percent. She should have. Oh, this is a weird brought some quirkiness quirkiness to the doctor part. I, I think. think. Well, that's how it's written. They. I think they should have. They should have played to that more. And that actually is a more appropriate thing to say than what I was going to say. Is like, she probably would have done really well in if not romantic comedies and straight out sitcoms Gates McFadden probably romantic comedies seven years of 26 episodes on a successful franchise was not good enough she really missed the boat Um, she really missed the federation ship here was the question I had yeah Um, I feel like Gianna is not cool in in several scenes in this episode with this stuff I'm interested to know (laughs) For instance, what? Well, she's clearly, uh, you know, it's like if I could sense your emotions, there were things you were clearly didn't want to talk about. And then I was like, come on, Matt. Come on. Well, maybe you as a counselor would think it's healthy for me to talk Uh about them. So you're trying to get them out. Also, she's a friend beyond the counselor thing. I think she's playing this more as a friend than a counselor. Speaking as someone who wants to keep all his emotions locked away, I find it intrusive. You would. Beverly... You're in love. Sometimes I wish you weren't so empathic. I barely have abilities. I don't think it's really a secret. I don't have abilities. (laughs) Also, you're clearly in love. You've been glowing. I saw you making out with him in the passageway. Dana told me he smelled sex. (laughs) He didn't describe it that way, but I knew what he was saying. He's an android, but a very powerful olfactory sensor. He mentioned must be the astringent. What? Nothing. What is she not saying? Oh, yes, there is. What is it? It's just something I sense in Odan. What? what she wants to know whether or not she should tell him that she the, that she senses fluctuating emotions from him, right? That's exactly what's happening. Is the fluctuating emotions from the trill? I don't know. It's unexplained. It's a little annoying. So it's like, is it the trill? We're supposed to think it's the trill, maybe. But I feel like the trill is fine until the, the accident. accident happens. But right. part, of me, like, part of me feels like your question. Part of me feels like here's how I would have solved this problem as a writer. Yes, Matt. I would have had him. Uh, pull up on his uh, in his room. I would have had him go to his room instead of instead of just a shot of him uh, touching his uh, buffet belly. I would have had him uh, communicating with some another trill at the, on the home planet, uh-huh. who would have asked him how he was doing, and him saying something to the effect of, "I believe I can make it through this mission, but not much further." in my current state just that 
right right to tee up this right situation uh-huh. so that then we're not left with the mystery of he could even say maybe it's a friend he's talking to or a doctor on the trill homeworld that he's friends with or whatever say something about being in love with beverly right but also then say how how are you holding up right just so we get the idea that i would have painted it as though the body i would have painted it as though that host body was nearing the end of its usefulness rather than this injury made it happen right because then you can play it out the same way but there's less of this gray area that we're having in in here trills are supposed to the host body is supposed to live to a ripe old age yeah Hmm. well yeah i guess because that was his father who was the trill before him right Right. I'm trying to jettison everything I know about Trill post affair. This, um, yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense. I, I assume that it's so that Beverly wasn't, you know, playing against an old man. Like they came up with a reason why a younger man would have to get rid. Yeah, of Yeah, but trill. that could also be like you could just explain that away in a scene with a Trill doctor, an old Trill doctor. Right. Who you know what a, I mean? Who also had some kind of medical ailment. Yeah, the young guy had a medical yeah. ailment of some kind. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Tense. I think that would also like sort of uh, bolster her sort of uh, feelings of like I can't do things, something for him. I'm a doctor. Why can't I can't I fix him? Yeah. Just how well do you really know him? I feel I know him better than I've known anyone in my life. Am I being foolish? I don't think so. And yet, I've only known him for a couple of weeks. Of course. That could be infatuation. But I am a grown-up, and I know the difference between love and infatuation. Oh, all I know is... She's really great in the scene. I haven't felt this way for a long time. And you like it. I like it. Then I won't talk about the thing in his stomach. (laughs) Then I'll move on, you know, <laughs> with my secret information I sensed. <laughs> this scene is so weird. Yeah, I How agree. Will you proceed when you're there. Oh, I cannot answer that. I, I never know until I'm into the situation, meet the people involved. I'm a regular outrageous O'Connor, not by prearranged plan. Hi. <laughs> Improvise my way through it. You get it. Well, I do like to go into a situation as well informed as possible. And I must say that your staff has been quite helpful in briefing me on the problems down there. All right, well, that's all we need to talk about. Dr. Crusher. Okay, my staff is quite capable. I'm glad they've been useful. Your Dr. Beverly is... (laughs) So crazy. ...an extraordinary person. Both as a scientist and... And as a woman. Where do you... Uh, how is... What are the rules in the future? Well, what are the this rules... this kind of interaction? In the trill. You don't know what the trill are like. The trill are just like in a, in a workplace scenario or like... Uh, I must say, Matt, I had sex with this woman who's your close friend and associate. That's not what he's saying. Yes, it is. That's not what he's saying. He says if as he a woman. If he walked in and said there... Look at look at the the spin he's put the the nuance he's putting and on how as he's a delivering. Woman, that. What he's saying, I think you know. To me, this feels like he's trying to go to Picard for advice on how to deal with Beverly Crusher, and if Beverly Crusher would be into someone as soapy as him. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and he's talking to a Shakespearean actor. So obviously the Shakespearean actor is going to be like, what? <laughs> I'm sure that's true. Well, shall we make our way to the shuttle bay? Captain, you know her better than I. Do you have any idea how committed she is to remaining with Starfleet? I wouldn't presume to speak for her. Oh, no, of course not. I just thought, well, you've known her so much longer than I. Ensign Tagger to Captain Picard. Yes, Ensign. Also, this guy's Shuttle a is ready to transport He can't the read the room? Very well. I'll find my own. That was a classic Andy Sakonda should have done that line. I hope to return with good news. <laughs> the guy with the, the comp. Yeah, Ensign Taggart. <laughs> funny performance. Commander Riker's asked to pilot you himself, Ambassador. Patrick Stewart. I am honored. I don't know when I'll be back. I know. Have a safe trip. Oh, I will stay safe, Dr. Beverly. I have good reason to return. I've researched Earth customs. This flower is given to express love. Yes. In the workplace. <laughs> I haven't read up much about the workplace. <laughs> I skipped that chapter. Something about me. Three? Two? I'm sorry, I don't read a lot. <laughs> There's no mention of an escort. Request a security clearance code. I like the uh, airplay. So there's two warring moons. Like, I like this sort of concept. I like the idea of a, a planet having two moons that are both inhabitable. I like that there's two factions on the planet, and I like that they're uh, fighting with each other. I don't really buy that the home planet would not take sides. Uh, but we find that if we don't take sides, everything works itself out. Right. I think that's true. And I agree with you about the thing that that is the, the, the two warring factions. is That's kind of nice. Uh, I will also add... It just drop global warming right in the middle of it. This is thirty years ago, <laughs> and obviously yeah, we knew for a long time. Been a problem for a for, very long for time. Obviously Andy. longer than that, but it is interesting that we are still debating whether it exists today. I think we find that in every this day in Trek, when the Time Magazine covers real sad, it's something that's still a problem. So crazy, sir. Way to go, Greatest Generation. <laughs> you got it, Matt. Finally. Commander Riker, prepare to return to the shuttle bay. Acknowledged. Captain. I also like, what I liked about this scene is this feels like day-to-day Starfleet stuff. Yeah. This whole taking the shuttle, Riker deciding to fly it. Somebody oh, we're bringing you in. Which I think is actually just pretty much there as a story purpose to get Riker to be the one who goes, mm, I'll do it. We get to hear Dr. Crusher doctoring. Sedimentation rate is 29, but her lymphocytes are still intact. It's as though there's a parasite at work. Odon. Odon. I need to do exploratory surgery. You may have a parasitic infection. You must not. You won't survive. Feel this thing you missed as a doctor examining me. So she, did we, I know she was talking about stuff that she was giving him, but I assume that that wasn't a real, like, that that was just fake. Well, that was my question about that. Right, headache. I got you, right. Because right, otherwise because she would immediately a little know unclear. what was going on, yeah. It's also an interesting question of, like, you walk in, it's so easy for them to scan you, what are the rules for what they're allowed to scan and not scan? Like as soon as you walk into sick sick bay, because I assume it would be like you can immediately scan everything, right? Also, like if there was a headache, 
Is that because the host body was failing? If I'd had that scene that I imagined that was with the home world, <laughs> yeah. I'd feel a little better about it. Okay, so she finally sees it. Very, very crazy sort of act break here. Mm-hmm. Where it's like right dead center in the middle of the scene. That is me. What? This body is just a host. I am that parasite. That is what must survive. By the way, uh, brilliant. It has always been this. In terms of sci-fi, first of all, I think really smart sci-fi in terms of uh, the whole concept of the host. Uh, thematically, I think it's super. It's like this. I mean, it was very gender movement. This was of. in the news at the time, you know, because Carson was leaving. Yeah, right? you know, so the hosts were all over the. No, news. no, Matt, no, that's a different. Kind of, and like, you know, TV. you were thinking like a Letterman's for sure going to take over. Matt, you're talking as about the, the host. show host. No, no, as the host, a Letterman will take over. Matt, no. So it's like, oh, is geez. the Tonight Show the show, or is the Tonight Show Johnny Carson? Yeah. That's what was all in the news at this time. That is true. I mean, it's, very it's always like you go in, you read the paper, you come up with the day's stories. And they do have that moment when the trill comes out and does a monologue. Yeah. The six minutes left on the cutting room floor. <laughs> but it was very funny, and it was all about the drive to Paramount. <laughs> and, and the trill's ex-wives. <laughs> the trill are joint species. A host and a symbiont. And in this fashion, we have survived for millennia. You're dying. What can I do? There's some basic reading available at our bookstore. host body is dying. You must contact the trill quickly. Even this performance, I think, is... Another host, they will send a replacement. Well, I mean, how would you do it if you were a host body dying, but you weren't the host body, you were the parasite? Yeah, that's a good question, man. I wonder how I would do it. <laughs> I mean, shall we take another trip to uh, the valley? <laughs> sure. Oh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Give me the cue line. Hang on. I'm, let I'm me just set up the up. whole thing. We, All right. We have, we're in Burbank now. All right. Which is your Get school, out. obviously, is in Burbank. Everyone. On Hollywood Way. Waits with anticipation. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming out today. I am just, I couldn't be more pleased. It is a very special master class you all have uh, decided to take part in. It's not often we get the founder of the school here. Yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Andy Secunda. Thank you. Uh, Thanks, everybody. You're all doing fine work. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah, these are all your students. I'm proud of all of you. Yes. We uh, recently heard that uh, Bill over here, if you get Bill in the third row right there. Yeah. yeah. Bill has uh, gotten a role on Riverdale. Riverdale, Bill. Good for you. Yeah, so a couple of people got a couple, of, they played a couple of dead bodies yeah. on CSI. Uh, Good for you, Jamie. Good for you, Jeff. Okay. Now, speaking of dead bodies, this actually brings us to today's scene. Yes. Uh, what do we now, got? Now, Andy, it's a very difficult moment. It's a very specific beat of acting. Mm-hmm. What's happening is the <laughs> the <laughs> being exists uh, as a 
two. It's uh, essentially a host body. That is the physical appearance. Right. And a, and a parasite, if you will. That is the actual being inside uh-huh. of that host body. Gotcha. So so it's like I'm, I, I'm, I would be portraying two forces sort of almost struggling against each other. Uh, he just, he knows it. I mean, he knows the material inside and out. This yes. is why we're here. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a difficult bit because you have to now explain your entire species mm-hmm. while you're fighting death. Okay. <laughs> it's, again, a very specific moment of acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the Andy, stomach can part you please, I can do. Can you please take us there? All right. I'll, I'll, I'll cue you in. It has always been this way. Take it from there, Andy. It has always been this way. <laughs> Close. I feel. I felt. I felt like I was. I was in the moment. It wasn't. I felt almost like I was two people. You, know, you, you need to explain it now. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you hear uh, how the uh, old performer did it, it'll help you out. Okay. The trill are joined species. A host and a symbiont. And in this fashion, we have survived for millennia. The trill are a symbiotic species. Is that what it was? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Broken into a host and a symbiont. And in this fashion... We have survived for millennia. What you want to do is you get intense at the top of a line, and then you pull it back at the end of the line. As you sense the coming of death. Thus making the audience lean forward in their chairs. (laughs) What is he doing? Why is he acting like this? So true, Andy. I actually don't know that my performance was no small parts. That only, much. Only small trills, screens, screens. Go. But the symbiont being Odan is still alive. Odan is the one who negotiated the last treaty. Here's real dumb data. Man, everyone thought was his father was just another host body. The reason Odan refused the transporter. It would have damaged the symbiont. We contacted the trail. Another host will be here in 40 hours. Place Odon in stasis. He can survive another hour, maybe two, but not beyond that. Would it be possible for me to serve as a temporary carrier? No, No, you dumb dumb. You're a fucking (laughs) robot. (laughs) Oh, right. Right. Jordy, can you take data down to engineering and see what's wrong with him? He's not only missing social cues, but now he thinks he can uh, take care of a parasite. Uh, I've got a theory. Oh, I can't wait. I just came up with it. Uh, let's see. Andy's theories are Andy's theories. Who's responsible? Andy's nope. really smart. I'll just do the quick one. Andy's theories. Um, I think in addition to data and lore, there is a third brother that was even before lore called let's call him uh jeffy 
and he is the dumb one. He's not guys, evil. Guys, what do I do here? He's not what good. What do I do here? You all are following along with me. What do I do? Do I tell Andy that he's guessing plots? <laughs> is that a true thing? Does that happen? You can tell. Well, I don't know. I, don't, I guess. I don't know. I guess Andy. Yeah. There is a third android named Stupider Than Jeffy. Uh-huh. B4. Uh-huh. And he's real dumb. No! Oh, my God! That's crazy! That's so crazy! And you won't meet him till Star Trek Nemesis. Oh, my God, that's so dumb. <laughs> what the F? That's Ronald Moore wrote that. No, uh, Nemesis, no. Oh, yeah, that was, was uh, John Logan. John Logan. Story by Brent Spiner. <laughs> okay, now it's starting to add up. <laughs> uh, hang on. I believe the story is by Brent Spiner uh-huh. and Berman. Okay. With John Logan, and John Logan has, I think, sole writing credit on it. Wow. Yeah, I definitely have not seen Nemesis then. If that was in that, I have, I've been unsure if I've seen Nemesis. If that was in that, I've definitely not seen Oh, you have not seen Nemesis. I've told you I haven't seen Nemesis. Yeah. That's my favorite space battle in it. Right. No one it. will admit anything. Each side accuses the other, and the threats are mounting. We need Odan. This is a very this is a very quick turnaround Like on this. This is like, we got to get this done in a couplet. How do we do this? Yeah. Here we go. <gasps> I gotta go. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh. Andy, did you make it to your show? I made it to my show. Was, I, it, a, was it a hit? Oh, man, I crushed. Oh, my God. It was, must have been like being uh, teaching your acting class. I mean, it was almost more difficult because I, the, the applause and laughter wouldn't die down long enough for me yeah. to get the next thing out. So that probably ruined a little bit of your timing. I, well, I started to shout at them at some point, but yeah. they just thought it was a bit. Uh, I think the reality of it is you... It's dead silent. ...decided <laughs> you really wanted to go to the show just to eat late-night burgers with Husky. Oh, man. <laughs> so true. Where's my phone call? I was around. Oh, man, would you come? Yes. Dory's yeah. out of town. I don't, I don't know. I don't track I don't have a when you're willing to, to leave about. the house. I'd be happy to have you. Oh, I Not only did that, I had... Uh, had a French onion soup. Where'd you go? Was it just a La Poubelle? Or? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not my first choice. It's no a one's weird first environment, choice. but uh, it tends to be where, where we drift. Better than birds. Um, but uh, I don't know if that should be on the podcast. But, um, that I'm saying that it's better than birds? No, no, no. That, that, you just drift to La Poubelle? Never mind. Um, Wait, I don't think you said anything wrong. No, it's not that. It's so close to the theater, you drift over there. Just, uh, you know, out to all... Oh, you don't want all the fans coming. Well, you never know. (laughs) You don't want fans at the UCB. I don't want to be bugged. That's that's my... uh, After I'm coming off the high, off the high of just, you know, just like, just killing it on stage. I just need my my decompression time, Andy, no, I get it. As someone who used to do a lot of shows at that theater and also used to attend a lot of shows Guys, at that theater. please stop coming up to me. Jesus <laughs> Christ. It is um, uh, no secret nor surprise that uh, performers would frequent the restaurants attached to the same strip of buildings. 
Uh, nonetheless, please uh, do come to see uh, the uh, soundtrack on uh, Friday nights at UCB Franklin if you're in town, uh, or even uh, even better, if you're here for the first Saturday of every month, come and see uh, my old-time team, The Swarm, with Swarm and Friends uh, at UCB Sunset. Uh, they are just couple short years away from one of them getting a hip replacement i'm i'm fairly certain all of us have had back or <laughs> ligament issues of some kind <laughs> if, if not worse uh, see the old style comedy stylings of the swarm improv by people who improv <laughs> Who's responsible no one will admit anything each side accuses the other and the threats are mounting we need Odan. Doctor, could a human host carry him? Yes. I believe so. Not a robot like I just established with the smartest thing on the ship. <laughs> From Odan's description of the process, it should be possible, but I don't Can have... Can I volunteer? There's been... What? <laughs> Wait a minute. This is the one that's going with Beverly? I'm in. <laughs> Precedent for a human host. I couldn't guarantee what might happen. The risk is too great, Commander. Weigh it against the prospect of war. Really? It's your choice, Will. Giving crap to Picard there. Really, also a very quick turnaround for Picard. That's true. Will, the risk is too the two the risk is too great, Commander. Oh, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's get to it. Alright, space surgery with a phaser scalpel, and then uh, Shades of Shades of Grey, guys. No shades of shades of gray because we're not forced to watch uh, old episode clips. None quality, but he is lying down and <laughs> having surgery the done. The and, and they have that whole sequence where he remembers, you know, uh, romantic moments with Troy. I'm just kidding. That's not in here. Uh, I'm reading about the symbiote. He's Toronto's reading. While he's reading, I reading? Um, before I forget, um, he's remembering what episode we're doing. Um... Uh, the, uh... Ah, you know what? We're gonna get to it, so just keep moving. Okay, okay. Dr. Beverly. When he said Dr. Beverly, well, the whole time I was like, oh, they're just shoving this ham-fisted name in so that we know that it's really... The same guy. (laughs) The same guy inside of... What's breaks going his body. on? Is he different? Well, he's a better actor now. I would have liked a little bit more explanation as far as like, okay, well, what happens to Will Riker during all this? Is he still in there? They don't say anything I, like I that. I figured that was going to be a, well, in the future, you'll find out about Trills, Andy. What is, they don't, well, they don't bother touching on any of that. Isn't that a question? I feel like even like they uh, just get an Data em- would have. Trills just get an empty shell. Is no, they the get it. They get a person that comes in. Like, you know, the Wait. lady that comes in to take over. Was the, the a thinking lady person before the trill is put into it? Yeah, is a thinking person, yeah. And the trill goes into it, and then you exist together. So Riker is conscious during all of this. Oh, for sure. That's I think. fucked up. They don't say anything. They don't tell you That's anything. That's so weird. They He's don't... having all these romantic... That's the thing that was driving me crazy, is that Will is like... Uh, or o- Odon is like is like saying all these personal things. He's immediately trying to get touchy feely with Beverly. He's you know Beverly's reacting appropriately weirded out by the whole thing. She's like, and it's sort of put on. Oh, it's it's a us like a soul or it's a consciousness in a different body, but it's not just that. It's still will. So of course it's weird. Mm. I really am. I wish it was. in this episode. 
I thought it was clear. That's all. I just thought they Well, I was surprised that in all the time DS9, it was never clarified what happens. No, it was, but I just need I need them to do something here. Yes, it is. Let's pretend that we're both watching this for the first time, Andy Secunda. Okay, hang on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. <laughs> Don't you want someone to go? Well, what's is Will in there? Will, are you in there? Without question, okay. that was my primary That's all. question. That's my question too. I just figured you would have, the, you with the knowledge. I don't want to watch this as someone who has future character. knowledge. No, I've already I ruined Star Trek Nemesis. I, for let you me just ask you this because you guessed the plot. May I just? <laughs> <laughs> May I just ask you this? I'm going to pitch something so stupid it couldn't possibly be real. <laughs> Is the dumb android the antagonist in that movie? <laughs> no, he's not the antagonist. <laughs> and right. now I am in control of the Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> you will all bring me batteries. <laughs> oh, how far are we from the planet? 1.29 seconds. That's completely wrong. <laughs> Jeffy, that's completely wrong. Oh, is it? Oh. Sounded fun. Oh, I just said a lot of numbers. <laughs> Data, can you time my chew? <laughs> anyways. So, um, anyway, like, so you're so I guess so what you're saying is I can't tell if you're saying, can you just answer this question for yeah. me? And I don't think it'll be a spoiler. I'm asking mm-hmm. in the future, is that question that we're asking each other, you pretending like you don't have knowledge of the future? Is that question answered by whatever we see with Dex or some other Trill? Oh, sure. It is. Sure. Okay. Trill get a lot more fleshed out. Then 100%. Uh, I mean, it's as speaking as someone who doesn't know any of that stuff, it's completely weird that I'm like, it seems like he's kind of aware. And that's totally weird. Well, it's like this guy is just so inappropriate. Let me ask you that. Yes. I don't know. Okay. This is going to be a question. Are Trills friggin' inappropriate in the future or are they like is this is that just this guy because this guy's like wakes up and he's immediately like oh i can be all touchy-feely even though there's another consciousness well i think when trills are when trills uh go to a new host i think they acted immediately like they previously acted Uh uh-huh seems like the dominant personality force in mem in and memory is the trill uh is the the dominant controlling yeah energy rather than the host body but do, do they act like like he did in the picard scene like he did as soon as he wakes up like where it's like i mean i have a question that's a weird or i'm gonna have a conversation no, that's, that's a, a weird conversation i like that that's just this guy that's just this guy okay yeah. that's that's valuable information evidence of the moons that i am odan it's also like i'm also like so what do we do can can odan now <laughs> override ship functions and fire torpedoes as commander william Riker. does the computer know to locate odan or will Riker? really good point and here's another question i don't know if this is a nemesis too has there been a plot where it's like uh a trill because i think what's interesting is uh, and where it's where it is very unusual and cool is that they're presenting what classically would be like the classic alien takeover plot one we've even seen in contagion and probably others where it's like creatures in our bodies that are taking us over and then are you know controlling us Mm -hmm. and using us as hosts and in this one it's sort of more of a positive spin on it um um 
have they done a plot in the future where it's a trill that's kind of like intentionally taking someone over for evil purposes? No. Or not that I know of. I could so be. the Trill are just generally a benevolent race. Yeah, Trill are cool. Yeah. They go, they're in Starfleet. With little neon coloring on them. Uh, yeah. Have his skills, his thoughts, his memories. Who's this they answer? will perceive... Who's at helm now? Is that Rager? Um, Who is it? Yeah, right? Isn't it the lady that was... It's the one that was banned from flying the ship after she forgot how to fly the ship when they couldn't sleep? I don't think... Remember I, the one I'm talking about? That's that's Rager, yeah. yeah. I don't know if... You, as a Starfleet officer... Do we ever get a head-on shot? Perhaps with your own agenda. The man they knew as my father. The man who stands before them. Whose combat is he issued? Does he have Will Riker's combat? Really Does good he point. have Odin's combat? I also like that he immediately Both are is in pajamas. Yeah. Oh, I get. Oh, those are his. Those are his surgery pajamas. No, those are Odin's clothes. But oh. like, he's already had the computer replicate him a set of Will Riker size. I don't Odin like clothes. how Riker dresses. I'm going to put on something just a little with a little bit more style. But I'm going to take the combat. <laughs> Well, he had a combat. It is your task oh, to help them Odin understand. Had issue, he was issued a Uh-oh, combat. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Does that mean that he's a member of the crew in this episode? <laughs> Do we have to give this the schmo an NPC just because of reason Riker's I body? <laughs> I cannot promise they will listen. They are more factionalized than ever. Listening is a skill which seems to have evaporated with the heat of argument. Speak softly, Governor. Those who cannot hear an angry shout may strain to hear a whisper. What? <laughs> nice. What does that mean, really? <laughs> it means nothing. It's so funny that... Wait, hang on. So if you're going to yell at me, I can't hear you, I'm going to also strain to hear a whisper. Uh-huh. <laughs> My hearing's bad. <laughs> People lean forward to hear whispers. I will do what I can. All right. Uh, so that lady's great, oh, by the way. Barbara Tarbuck. Uh-huh. I think she... Governor Lika Trion. I really think, and actually, the the distinction between her and Frank Frank Luz is uh, is really uh, interesting and indicative of guest stars. In that, the ones that are good put on the alien makeup and just play the reality of that character, and the ones that are uh, kind of hacky. <laughs> Put in like I'm wearing alien makeup. I'm gonna really act it up Beep, here. Beep boop, Beverly, <laughs> Doctor Beverly. I love you. No, just... This woman is ice. <laughs> Lunatics. I researched Earth love, except this. Porters. Sorry, it was good in the audition. I don't know what happened. Uh, Matt, you got to take a class. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm an alien, right? This makeup makes me an alien, right? I mean, no, no. I want an alien talk. You have to inhabit the. How would I, yeah, I'm inhabiting an alien character. Oh, Excuse me. I'm gonna hit my. I'm gonna go to my mark now. <laughs> Hello, Captain. I have questions about Beverly. First of all, that's a sixties robot voice. It's not an alien. No, I. <laughs> do you know what a Dalek is like on the inside? It's uh, a brain alien. Yeah, that's great. You really seem very educated for someone who blew this audition so badly. <laughs> oh, you know aliens better than Doctor Who. Whatever. That's good. You look awfully pale. It's just a little weak. So hilarious. 
<laughs> they put the creature in another body, and then, all, of course, ob- it's obvious why, but that the performance becomes exceptional. Like, it goes from being Dr. Beverly to just like, I feel this, and blah, 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 and I'm just doing a grounded, normal performance. <laughs> that's what Riker... <laughs> ah, you are Ice Beverly! <laughs> that's what Riker's like bringing into the trail. <laughs> Cerebral blood flow looks normal. Look at this. He's rubbing her hand. So weird. I'll leave a metabolic booster. Wait, do you mean it's weird in the sense of, like... He's acting like he doesn't know what transferring bodies does to his relationships oh, with I don't, other people. He doesn't. Because, again, on his home world, this I will give them a little story credit for. But he's a it's diplomat. It's so very normal. But he's a diplomat. He's right, but the trill rarely do... This guy has. They, they have been doing whole, it for generations. No, no, but this whole cover story the trill have of grandparents, etc., as to not make as to not weird out other species. So he hasn't made this transfer in front of anybody. Right. But then does he just burn his past relationships? Or he just remakes I, I new mean, relationships as goes, the kid. Uh, you knew my father. Right. It's got to be real weird. Yeah, it's probably pretty weird. This is the first time they're both dealing Matt, with Matt, that's probably what vampires do. Because <laughs> they're immortal, so they just pretend that there's some child of the other guy. You and think they, that they ever could really find love? I don't know, because they so, they live so long, and then the other people's live so short. I just think that's the real curse of vampirism. It's like the immortality. I'm in control of the Enterprise now. Or is the curse everyone else's mortality? I'm going to make everyone on the Enterprise into vampires. <laughs> Data, you can't stop me. <laughs> it's the worst episode of Star Trek, The Next Conversation. I think it's the best. Get worse? Beyond that, I don't know what to Dr. do. Dr. Beverly. This is all new to By me. By the way, real stupid. It's also. new to me as well. Please, don't go. We've got to talk about this. I don't know what to say. Nor do I. But I know that the silence would interest well, maybe you should have thought about that sooner. Boom! Maybe you should have told me what you were. Slam. It didn't seem to bother you to remain silent yesterday. Snap! <laughs> it never occurred to me. This is what I am. Did you ever tell me that you were only a single being? Of course not. That was normal to you. I don't know who you are. You must understand. Whoever I, whoever I seem to be, I am Odin. A little who bit loved you. That has not changed. I'm clear, though. I still love you. I can't help that. If this causes you pain, I will suppress it. I will keep my distance. Dr. Beverly. I mean, uh, nice editing choice to stay on that out of focus, that racked shot. Yeah, I don't have a problem. I mean, first of all, the uh, what's what's fascinating, and I keep sort of making fun of, is that uh, Frakes' performance is uh, amazing, and so is uh, Gates McFadden's. And the and the, I can't help that. If this causes you pain, the interaction is really interesting and, and fascinating. Is it's just like it's a, it's well crafted in a general sense. You. It's just this character's behavior is weird, and and as you point out yourself, sort of not explain like what the specifics of what what are going on are, but they're leaning on the drama. It's of like if what's you're going to go on. to the bone zone with Riker, right? You should know if Riker's in there or not. Uh, 110%. I mean, just as the audience. Not even just 100%. Think about, like, what... I mean, that might make things awkward. Also, does Riker remember anything that happened? (laughs) Yeah. 
It's also very unclear. The, oh, that's right. They don't even establish that. They don't that. even do that. Do you know in the future whether people remember stuff after a trill? Well, it's very rare out? for a trill to even Oh, really? even leave a body to go into a new body like temporarily. You know what I mean? Like oh, this that, that is, doesn't happen. How many seasons was DS9? 7. That really I figured as soon as I saw this stuff I'm like, oh, they got to have every other week they'd be Yeah, they'd be popping, doing some crap they'd be with popping, the, uh, popping the trill out. Dax around. That's really interesting because so, it's well, like, look, like so she's she's Jadzia Dax. Okay, Dax is the symbiont. 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 The symbiont is the is the host. Right. No. So Jadzia is the symbiont. The host. No. Jadzia. Yeah. Jadzia is the host creature. The parasite creature is Dax. Okay. Right. So Dax gets transferred. So Dax, when you meet, right? When you meet. Cisco. Yeah. Cisco had already had a very long yeah, this much I think I remember from the pilot. Had always had always had a very long uh, friendship uh with with uh Dax. But previous host Dax. Right. That's why that's why Cisco always called Jadzia old man. Right. Cuz he always called Dax old man. Right. Cuz Dax was an old man. Right. Anyway. Um but but the old man hosts that I'm just Cisco interested. knew was dead. I'm just interested story-wise that they didn't, like, you know, like, look at all the stuff they do with Data being an android. Uh, look at all the stuff they do with Kling- with with Worf being a Klingon, with, with Jordy. Look, I mean, there's probably the, could be episodes I don't remember. Yeah. I think I've seen Deep Space Nine a thousand times. I wonder if that's a function of that they get into more um, serialized plots than the other shows that they... It's like, well, we don't have to follow this episode of the week analysis of we don't have to start on everybody's personal log yeah do you not like it no i do like it i like finally exploring the characters side note i know it's a romantic episode for Kate you know Diana, her hair looks fantastic in this episode the first man i ever loved unconditionally was named stefan he was a soccer player and i would watch him as he would race down the field and i thought my heart would stop because he was so beautiful we married and had three children. Twin boys, Andrew and Alexander. You know, uh, and then later, I'm a beta zoic, right? girl, Jennifer. You know, I know this is a lie. Stefan became an artist. Unless, you doing she, a bit? unless she feels like it's the truth. And uh-huh. because she's such a shitty beta zoid, she would just assume <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> seems the way to Very famous. that they play the scene. He created unless huge, Marina Sirtis. Uh, it, it seems like Marina Sirtis, to a certain degree, might be playing the scene like, I would know that she's lying through all this, so I'm going to kind of play it vague, like whether I know it or not. I think she's playing. My friend is emotionally hurt right now and is telling me a story from her youth. I think she's You think doing, she's buying it? Yeah. yeah. No, I think she's buying the story. I think she knows what Beverly's doing. Uh-huh. She's uh, she, oh, yeah, yeah. talking about being 11 years old and wistfully thinking Maybe, about but I don't think Gates McFadden is playing the end of that story like it's not supposed to be a hilarious reveal that none of that is true. Like it's not supposed to be. I think she's playing reveal. it like like uh, Crusher has fooled uh, or minimally confused Troy. All right, I'll look for that in the performance. Okay. Maybe she should be doing it in a more alien-like voice. Little sculptures. What does that sound like, Matt? He came to adore me. He came to adore me. <laughs> in my daydreams. Beverly will terminate. Stefan was 11 and I was Exterminate. He never even knew I existed. A who guy? Oh, Deanna. I loved Odan. 
You're talking I'm sure right. of it. I'm sorry. I had no doubt. You were doing no your fears. bit too. Go back. What was it I loved? Is I? I just think that the, the reveal is came an artist such as and had three children. Twin boys, Andrew and Alexander. Good names. And then later, a little girl, Jennifer. More bland. Stefan became an artist, very famous. He created huge, breathtaking metal sculptures. He came to adore me as much as I worshipped him. In my daydreams, at least, Stefan was 11 and I was 8. He never even knew I existed. Oh, Deanna. I loved Odan. What do you think? Uh, I think that was. I think she probably gave um, choices right. in her reaction shots. I think you're probably true, and that's and you know I think what they selected that. You know what? That is on me as a as a uh, a professional uh, writer. That I, that's not the first thing that I think of. That it's not Gates is on Gates in any event. She probably gave them different nuances, and then they picked this one. Mm-hmm. But they do they do pick also, and probably the same is true true of uh, Marina Sirtis. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't even know, by the way, if the reaction she gives when Beverly does the reveal is from that part of the scene. Sometimes they take stuff from other parts of the scene. We do it all the time. Um, anyway. Because sometimes other people aren't there off camera. So I would say it's an issue in the editing. I had no doubts, no fears. But what was it I loved? His eyes? His hands? His mouth? They're they? gone. If that was all it was, Eight and 11. I should... Oh, but she's not talking about Odin and what I love about Odin. But it was more than that. I felt completely free with him. Unguarded. At ease with myself. There were so many things that made him special to me. And where are they? Are they still here? Alive in Will Riker? Right. I mean, shot it, right. literally, think about this, right? Yes. This entire scene, uh-huh. no one else has said a word. It's all a monologue yeah. of uh, Gates McFadden. That's a really good point, and it's really well done. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, uh, this is the appropriate time to say what I was going to say before. Um, Thank God, I have to get coffee. Uh, you're just going to walk away you're while I'm talking to me. You're talking to point. them. I I'm talking to you. You're the person that is sitting in front of me whose back. approval I desperately want. Oh, I saw that. Now you unplugged everything. Did I really? Yes. Oh. oh, no. It's still recording. Oh, Everything's Jesus. Fine. Just our headphones. This is a mess. This is the best episode ever. Oh, gosh. I was going to make a really big point. Um, what? Uh, all right, so he wants me. He wants me to vamp until then. Uh, I just want to tell you, I'm really enjoying this podcast. This one's a real good one. And here's a question that uh, that struck me. Um, I don't know where Matt is this morning. We were certainly enjoying ourselves last night before I left. I got a little coffee in me, so I'm a little uh, jacked up. But uh, uh, this episode, uh, I think we seem to both be enjoying ourselves. Uh, many episodes. Uh, it's like this burden on us. We're attacking each other. And uh, the audience seems to enjoy both. And I'm curious why. <laughs> I'm curious why they enjoy both versions and not just this version. Wait. It's, it's oh, I think that they know. As someone who loves to pick things apart a, like Star Trek, I'm picking our podcast there's apart. There's an now. underlying uh, love and respect. And I see. We squabble like brothers, uh-huh. not like enemies. I see. Yes, it is not dissimilar from my family. That and much I will say. We agree on a number of things, up to and including 
That guy is great. <laughs> we'll have to do. Uh, we'll have to do the episode where where the where the guy who's who's acting like uh, like a Dalek uh, pairs up with the guy with Jeffy, <laughs> and they take over. I really want to see more of Jeffy now. I might skip right to Nemesis. <laughs> more Jeffy. <laughs> Did you just get a, a black coffee the, over there, uh, pal? Yep. The um, results are in. Everyone wants more Jeffy. More Jeffy. Uh, another t-shirt. It will. <laughs> and Jeffy. I see someone I've known for years. A kind of brother. Whoa. Just like us. But inside, is he really Odon? Oh, help me, please. Oh, this was the... I, I was going to make my like, big point. Um, it's really not a big point, because it's... it's uh, Even even in this time, uh, the transgender movement had existed for a long time. But I still feel like... And I don't know, I'm interested if this is a transgender theme, or if this is a homosexuality theme. But it... What is? The... The whole thing she's saying in this monologue. Who is the person? Is oh, the I thought it was just person? attractiveness. <laughs> no, there's genders at the end. Well, at the end they do. But this whole, this whole, what I interpreted as, and I'm way, I might be way off base here. But I thought this episode because they do do a transgender, very clear uh, transgender episode later in the series, like uh-huh. uh, season six or five. Okay. Uh, with Riker and a race of beings that only have one gender. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Anyway, we'll get to that eventually. But this one, to me, always felt like, what do you love? Do you love the mind of the person or the body of the person? Well, that's a, in some ways a transgender issue. Yeah, but in this, I think in this particular, this particular internal struggle she's having right here, Mm-hmm. And I buy it at the end. I buy her explanation to Odan at the mm-hmm. end of the episode where she's saying, I cannot take all these changes. Well, that is the interesting thing is that when it when that comes up, I wasn't sure if they were like the 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 90 the 91 audience, the 1991 audience would be much less uh, woke and therefore they would be thinking of it more like she can't be with a lady now well i mean look um, that's what that's what but they kind of successfully dance around sci-fi it sci-fi does andy i know but they kind of successfully dance around it by not having beverly say it's because you're a woman it's it's her saying it's because of the quote changes like that it's just i'm not sure who the person which in that is. i buy because she just accepted the riker I, I agree. And Although, you know, that's, that is, is a larger jump to say that I can sure, be in love with but you it's as also, a woman as much as I can be in love with you as a man. But um, but it is... It would have been a more interesting story had, it had like, Troy decided to take on the symbiote. Uh-huh. I don't mind this because I feel like it's a nice reveal at the end. It just is a little bit vague what the quote changes are. I feel like they're... The, the writers were intending it to be that it's just um, changes 
the change, the general changes, and not the gender. Yeah, changes. I thought it was all just like about that. Love. Beverly and the discussion is what is love, baby? Don't hurt me. They never, they never address where people stand with um, homosexuality or bisexuality in the future, other than in a sci-fi context. Do they? Uh, it takes so long to get a gay character. Uh, Neil McDonough's character in Star Trek: First Contact was written as gay, but uh, the all that stuff contextually was cut out of the movie or script i'm not sure which uh-huh. and really you don't get it you don't get it full on as far as a main character is concerned until um stamets and culber and discovery yeah well that's interesting but it's um, also like i like that in a way i like that it's just not talked about in star trek because they're because it's just so everything is accepted people are accepted for whatever they are that's the way i read the subtextual uh intention of beverly at the end saying changes is that she she would be fine with i I think so too but if it was that one and then we're good like if she didn't have to go through three in two days right which is just like she's saying she's like this whole beginning of this thing is like i'm in love am i crazy i know i just met him but i really think i love him sure and then I do love him. Oh no! Now he's in Will Riker. I can't accept this. Oh, fine. You're Odin. I love you. Oh God! Now you're another person. You know what? Really smart. I think I've mentioned it there at the beginning, but really smart to start with the the relationship already ten days in, and they're already in love. It really adds so much credence to the, that relationship and the later changes that Beverly goes through, independent of the guy's weird performance. Um, but anyway, I I Masterful. think it is, I think it is transgender. Masterful performance. <laughs> what was it Masterful. like? What was it like, Matt? What was his performance like? Doctor <laughs> Beverly. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, what? <laughs> I'm wearing makeup. <laughs> what do your uh, feelings tell you? I feel his pull. It's very powerful. Tell me. I wish he'd never come on this ship. Don't wish that, Beverly. You can't be open to love if you don't risk pain. I don't care. I'd give anything not to feel the way I do now. Anything? I heard the Admiral's Club was meeting He's here, isn't he? (laughs) Look at him. I don't want to look at him. Talk to me. Just keep talking to me. Matt, how does Riker get into the Admiral's Club? Apparently, he walks through the door at the end of Corridor 1 on Deck 10. Look at him. I don't want to look at him. Talk to me. Just keep talking to me. The first man I ever loved was my father. He was strong and tall. He carried me when the ground was muddy. Very he muddy chased away the monsters that hid under my bed at night. A lot of monsters and I baby he sang did. to me Could be. and kept me safe. And he went away. What I wouldn't give to hear those songs again. To feel his arms protect me. I never will. But I can still feel his warmth and his love as though he were here with me. 
It's almost like she was listening to a different conversation, and this is her advice for her talking to uh, Wesley losing Jack. Accept the love. Oh, is that what it is? Accept the love. No, I'm just saying that's what she sounds oh, like right, she's yeah. responding to. It is. It's rather rather than frankly, like frankly both of their stories. Even though I like I like the performance and I like the point that Beverly lands on. Or looks weird. like it's like, a stolen shot from not even the scene. hundred percent. That's what's weird. What's weird, Andy? Lots weird here. There is a lot weird. I here. mean, especially when you get the representatives from two moons of Piliar Zell, everything gets weird. Piliar Zell. Um, the, uh, the, uh, look, it's the, um, I let me tell you, let me tell you this, if okay, the, you know, the, you know, the eighties, uh, sorry, late seventies Captain America movie or TV where he had the motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. If they and had, the van. if they had in that same era decided to do an Iron Man, yeah. Frakes would have been a great Stark. Huh? Yeah, I agree. Frakes would have been such a suave, cool Stark. Yeah, I guess. Built like a superhero. Who else would have been good? No one. Not in this room, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know who Patrick Stewart would have been good. good Scarlet as? Witch. Uh huh. And a good Charles Xavier. <laughs> terrible, terrible Professor X. I think he's more of a Magneto. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Best Professor X ever. Only Professor X. Not ever. much. No. No. Is there another James McElroy. Oh right. Yeah. We can stole the who, who tweeted when the Picard series came out? He said, "If you need someone to play a young Picard, let me know." That's funny. They would see that as a deception. I must meet with them. But surely, to present yourself in this condition is not going to help our cause. I promise you, Captain. They will never know that I'm ill. I also fucking freaks. He's got he's got to play that this guy's dying. He's yeah. got to play that it's a totally different guy, and yeah. even the nuances. Of that, he grabs Picard's arm when he says that he's he's talking to him in a uh, we don't we're not really friends kind of way, but he's also touching his arm in the same way that that other schmo is completely inappropriate with people. It's perfect. It's a really good performance. I agree. Everyone did a, everyone did a great job except for the Frank Slug. Sex. <laughs> what was his name? <laughs> Frank Luz. <laughs> No, audience lose. <laughs> yes! You did it! Woohoo! <laughs> Seconda! <laughs> it's almost like the people at home can hear in our voice that we're almost done work. <laughs> oh, maybe that's, maybe that's it. what it is. Maybe that's why we're so happy in two weeks. It was you, of course. Anymore. Kalen Tros. Then you were a young man bristling with passion and zeal, yet wise enough to understand that your people needed peace to ensure their future. All right. So that Starfield in the background the is... The one that just sits on a background and, and, and rolls. It really it looks nice, and I would like to have one in my home. I'd like to have a, have a fake thing that where I look out on the stars. You know, it makes sense, honestly, for them to do that to those to the Star Wars Hotel. Oh, totes! Rather than an LCD situation, because... I didn't know there was going to be a Star Wars hotel. You really didn't know that? I didn't know. Andy, oh, the entire man. hotel, every room is like it's on a fucking Star Wars ship. And all the windows look out onto space. They don't look out into... Oh. My. 
god. Oh my god, you didn't know this. This is you're you're, you're still delighted. Do you imagine you're uh, you're like all excited and you pay a lot of money and you set it up and then you get there and it's a fan a Phantom Menace room. <laughs> Uh, what the f? Oh, Naboo! This is the worst. Uh, what if it was even worse than that? Uh, hang on. Uh, sorry, I'm just, I'm gonna just show Andy because Andy doesn't know about this hotel. I feel like he should. Uh, so here are some drawings of a. This is a room. It is a room. That's, no, that's, that's like your. Name. That's your room. Oh holy crap! That would be your that would be your sleeping situation. You could put your kids there and go on this bed here. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! So like you'd Wait, walk in. That? Is that the the bar? Yes. Oh uh, my god! And then everyone at the hotel working at the hotel is is in character. You know what's dumb? This is obvious. This is so obvious, and it's the kind of thing. That throughout my life, I've just been, I don't understand why they're not putting money into making things like this. People would eat it up, like, completely. People are so stupid. Corporations. Look at the hallways. The psychopath that are individual corporations are not just evil, but they are so dumb. It takes them so long to see the most obvious money-making schemes. Superhero movies, making things like this. I mean, it's going to be crazy. very. It's going to be real expensive. You think so? It's not going to be sixty-four rooms. It's Maestro Williams. Is he doing a special score for the park? Yes, for the theme park. Yeah. Yay! Get it while you can. Oh, whoa, downer. <laughs> I know, but I'm being realistic. <laughs> what the hell? He's a living legend. <laughs> well, I saw him in person with Spielberg. I saw him in person a lot. With no Spielberg, though. Ha ha. I did not get a Spielberg, but gotcha. he did conduct the Boston Pops for my entire youth. Oh, yeah, you got to see him in Boston. Nice. All the time. Every 4th of July, Andy, he'd be down at the hat shell. <laughs> and would he do... He'd play a Star Wars. He'd play a Superman. <laughs> he'd... Indiana Jones it. All the hits, Andy. You know? Sure. But he never... You know what I wish he had done, but he didn't do is my iTunes library connected? My favorite uh, piece of music from Jaws... I thought you were going to say something from Always. <laughs> uh, let me just pop it up here. So, my favorite piece of music from Jaws is from the montage. <laughs> I think. Yes. Oh, sure. He never played this on 4th of July. And for me, this is the most 4th of July song sure. on the planet. This is when they're all getting their stuff together. This is when, every, the no, this is when everything is... This is when everyone's arriving on the island and they've decided oh, right. to open the beach up. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's very... It's How sort of... John Williams. It's very Home alone of him. That's true. It also has a little bit of E.T. in there. Ever matched him. He's unparalleled. There's a little bit of the jaws going. 
also like that it's kind of it's kind of uh, it's lyrical in an in, a, in an almost ironic way because you know what's coming. Yes, <laughs> it's really it's like everything's great. Look at all the people. Soon they'll be dead. Oh, that's clever. You're a clever girl. Clever girl. Been exactly prepared. I also for almost called like it that. clever girl. Almost called it hang on to your butts. Uh, some called it. We spared no expense. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I bring a scientist, you bring a rock star. Um, all my favorite lines from Jurassic Park. The blood-sucking lawyer. <laughs> Ambassador, when you feel up to it, would you join me in my ready room? Of course. That's what I do. I can give you something that should help with the pain. At least for a little while. The pain's gone. Thank you. But something Please else don't. is swollen. Also, she's Please back let me to touch you. Please for let me touch you. So weird. No, please. I mean, look, I imagine it's confusing for both, for all three people involved. <laughs> to let you mediate the dispute. I, would love I knew to. they would. They are reasonable people. I guess they, they, they intentionally didn't show what Riker's take was after because they didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, think I would like, love to I would know. like some questions from Beverly. Some weird, yeah. That's like, it. So what were you aware of? What was... It's a long montage of them, of them loving. Pining. This is sort of like the somewhere out there moment when from American Tale. <laughs> it is like that. It would have been nice if they were looking at Starfield, and started singing. <laughs> somewhere out there. I thought I should see how you were doing. Of the ship. If you needed another hypo sprite. I don't think so. The symptoms haven't returned. ADR. Oh, well, that's good. Yes. Tomorrow's an important day. Do you feel ready for it? I'll be fine. I've been preparing. Oh, that's good. Yes. I'll um, check your vital signs in the morning before the representatives get here. I don't want them knowing that I'm taking any medication. Maybe you could schedule a series of breaks. That's good. Yes. Beverly. If you're going to leave, you better go right now. I'm not leaving. In some ways, they're in love. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. If 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 she doesn't leave, if the genders had been reversed and the trill was inside a lady, would our perspective be different? Like we're saying, well, even if Riker's in there somewhere, it's okay because he's you know Riker and is having sex with everyone on the ship. Uh, uh, wait, we didn't say that. Why did we say that? <laughs> I think that's what we're subtextually thinking. I think that's what we're in, we're th- we're inferring. Are you not? Would you not? I guess my question is, if the if the genders were reversed, if Beverly was in a trill that Riker had fallen in love with, sure. If it was a guy that was in the Beverly spot, and then a uh, some crew lady. Wait, just some crew lady, not our main characters. Say Troy. 
Troy and Riker? That's weird no, because if it's it was Troy and Riker, anyway. Oh, never mind. I'm saying literally flip it. Put uh-huh. a put a symbiote in Beverly. Okay. And make Riker the one who had fallen in love with the symbiote that got injured. Right. Yeah, I guess I, I, okay. I don't know. Would we so feel weird that. about that Beverly's being kind of coerced, let's say, to have sex with Riker, even though she's not choosing to have sex with Riker because she's not in control of her own body at that point? Unclear who has control over what body. But it's very much so like... So then are you uh, suggesting that maybe it's that like, Riker's in on it? It's like Naked Now. Uh-huh. Right? When everyone just gets real horny for some reason? Except everyone is affected. Yeah, I know. In this in this situation, but because I think because of the vagueness of it all, yeah. But Beverly has discussed all of her love opinions, you know. But that doesn't mean that Riker has a choice in this situation. Somebody's knocking my door. We're listening to see if anyone's knocking at the door. Well, someone's supposed to be. That looks like a a dog that's that's putting his ear up. (laughs) Now, Andy, Matt, these two moons. I gotta say, okay, I'm on I'm on Moon Beta's side. Is the other one still, Moon Alpha? still unclear of the, <laughs> still unclear of what their dispute is. Other than they don't like each other, and one of them is gonna have some global warming problems. <laughs> I think it doesn't matter. But uh, uh, I think it's been a frequent thing. Do they refer to themselves as Moon Beta and Moon Alpha? I don't know. On board, we have learned that they each have troops massed and are ready for combat if this final Tell effort is successful. White counters back up. Temperature is elevated. The effects of the medication are wearing off faster every time. I gotta tell you, just looking at this man, okay, Captain Jean-Luc Picard, mm-hmm. very excited about the Picard series. Oh my gosh. Do you, have you been following? Do you know stuff? I've been avoiding knowing stuff. I know stuff. Yeah, I know stuff. Knowing me. But I don't know the kinds of things that you and I would actually want to know. Right. Am I going to be happy from what I don't you know? know? Here's what I'm going to do. Because I don't, I don't want it to be him I'm, just going around talking. I don't care what's happening in my life, mm-hmm. but I have a friend who might be directing an episode or so, an episode <laughs> or a couple, but all uh-huh. I can say is I will be visiting that friend at work. No question. Oh, that's pretty exciting. Are they shooting at Paramount? They're shooting in Los Angeles. Uh huh. I don't know what where they're shooting at. Oh. Imagine the shot, Sony. Oh <laughs> what, a dream. what a dream, Andy. By the Dreams way, had come true. This week, uh, I don't know if we mentioned on the pod. <laughs> this week, Matt shoots me a text. <laughs> Guys, in in an effort to tell you just how together Andy and I are, I'm going to share the following bit of information with you all. <laughs> There's an episode of the Goldbergs that'll probably be airing. What number is it? Twenty-one. It'll probably be airing in late April or early May. Yeah. And it features a guest actor by the name of Brent Spiner. And I did not know this until I was in post, and one of the editors asked me to come look at something to get my opinion on it. And I was off on script. So. <laughs> and uh, Andy was off on script. <laughs> And no, this is a really a failing of our coworkers yes. that no one decided to shoot us a message. Yes, all of us, all the make fun of us for having a Star Trek podcast. I think this. I think we have to find out how much David Garasio knew. Uh huh. Because this might be on him. 
he might be really at, the, at the biggest at fault here. I, I'm not certain that he even knows who Brent Spiner is. He's never, even though he listens to every episode. Even though this. he listens to this ep- this podcast like it's a a good show. Yeah, <laughs> he he still. I don't think he knows who anybody on the show is. He's never seen. The single I envy. Episode. I envy his. Uh, what what is it going to be? I was going to say sweet lack of awareness, uh-huh. but there was a word: blissful ignorance. That's what I uh, admire. Anyway, what would you have done if you had... Uh, I would have popped down. I would have said hello. I would have reminded him of the few times that we've uh, met each other. Right. Uh, it, it, we did a live show in Phoenix together. We've uh, met... It would have been nice. Yeah, I mean, I've met him a bunch. Uh, but I will say, he's delightful in the role. Yes, so. very funny. Here we go. I'll administer one now and hope that it will hold for an hour or so. No, no more. We just need to. Frakes plays a good, good sick. It's really, it's really a great performance playing a different guy who's sick. I like this scene between Picard and Beverly here as soon as uh, Odin leaves. May become so intense that I'll have to. Oh, this is a great scene. Whatever else I may be to you. Your friend. Only imagine what you're going through. And I want you to know I'm here. in that uh, in in his look in in the hug I just really think it's a fantastic scene a little scenelet I will call it a a button on that scene would you say that the subtext in that scene is also there's been stuff between Beverly and Picard yeah I think so I really like that and I like that how that's framed that it's kind of just like basically saying it's been weird between us whatever bottom line I'm your friend and I'm sorry you're going through this and it's really beautiful and it's also it also I think the masterfulness it's like us Andy <laughs> it's been a lot of weird energy <laughs> um, the thing that's uh, masterful is uh, is he's also playing the slight social discomfort of like that's not a thing that Jean-Luc Picard is comfortable doing and he's overcoming his social discomfort to be there for Beverly. It's really nice. I, 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 a lot of really good, and it's funny, in an episode that is marred by, in Andy's words, soapy performance at the beginning, Yeah, you're getting a lot of great performances out of our seven main cast. And a lot of great writing to serve them. It is very. This is such a charactery sci-fi episode, and with a great sci-fi moral. Yeah. Or moral, or a yeah. sci-fi lesson. A pretense. I don't know. What do you call that? Um, sci-fi social uh, vignette. Uh, if you know the words, send us an audio clip of you saying them. <laughs> I like. Uh, I like Frakes's uh, fall down here. Spate their arrival for another nine hours. Nine hours. It was worth it. Ambassador. 
They will not go to A little bit of uh, Data's hand. Data's makeup is uh, coming off there a little bit. They will not go to war. It was worth it. Mr. Wolf, seen that the representatives are safely transported off the ship. Ensign, set a course to intercept with the Trill vessel, but better go to warp nine. Sir, it could take more than two hours to reach the vessel. I must remove him. I gave my word. Sir, we could go to warp 9.65. No, you heard me. <laughs> I don't like traveling at points. <laughs> Do you think in those moments he's saying warp 9 and they're like, I think he means warp 9.65. I'm just going to go to 9.65. <laughs> I think he, but he does occasionally say maximum warp. Uh huh. You know, so I think when Captain orders 9, it's 9. So weird. It's one of the great all-time Star Trek mysteries. <laughs> His vital signs have stabilized, and he's sleeping now. I also think it's a very sweet the moment um, where she sits next to the symbiote, like she sleeps next to it. I think is like so sweet. Yeah, I agree. Oh, you know, before I forget, another uh, Andy. Yeah, thank God he didn't forget. What is? Oh it? boy. Um, I got another improv show to do. Goodbye. <laughs> Six weeks later. All right, Andy. Almost done with the host. Um, uh, it's sort of an interesting reveal because it is. It's a little bit of um, of fan fiction that it's like, what if Beverly and Riker got together? It's like there's that kind of weird satisfying but thing but they don't even play that at all because like, there is no acknowledgement of Will Riker being conscious in there at any point 100% and in addition to that and here's the detail I was going to say that was interest, an interesting reveal Beverly says she thinks of Riker like a brother like there's no yeah. sexual chemistry right. between them at all according to Beverly yeah it's very an interesting comment but then like she gets you know and it takes her we obviously see the emotional struggle she has to get over that that sort of barrier for her in her mind right, right. With, with that scene with Troy and 10 forward and then that scene where they're uh, singing Fievel songs out the space window um, and they're not near each other and then she goes down it's sort of like this big emotional struggle for her to finally get to the point where she can accept this 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 version of Odin right that is in Will Riker's body oh done Thank you. Jesus Christ. It's not what the it's, it's not the father of Thor. It's Odin. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the scene where he runs up with the six uh, six uh, uh horse. horse. <laughs> um the uh the oh, last thing uh that's the great detail is I think Marina Sirtis uh what I'm curious Look in the script. Uh, Marina Sirtis definitely plays many of those mo- those early moments with Beverly, like she's weirded out because it's this guy that Beverly's been having an affair with is going to be inside Riker. I right. think that is there also, and that's an amazing nuance. Really well done, Andy. I think we like this episode. I'm conflicted, Doctor. and it will come out when I we love talk this, Andy's. but I will say this. That she's Worf comes asleep. in and she's sleeping next to it. Yes. Is the Trill host here? Yes. Good. Is the Trill in the little in. thing there? Yeah. In the little It'd be really funny if the little its little like tail was like <laughs> patting Beverly's hair. <laughs> <laughs> Bring him in, she says, and then Worf uh, <laughs> plays it cool. Are you feeling amorous, Beverly? Uh, by the way, uh, Dr. Crusher. 
the new host is a smoking fox. What? <laughs> Worf? <laughs> nice legs. For a trill. Doctor. I am Kuriel. I am to become host to Odon. I play so very... in Trillian, in Trillian uh, naming fashion, right? Yeah. She would be Kareel Odin. Uh, Odin. Sorry. Um, the uh, what planet am I on now that Andy's correcting me on <laughs> saying something wrong? <laughs> the uh, <laughs> hooray! My uh, mother read books, but she also talked to people. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, uh, what would be great is if she came in and she had this performance, uh, this the uh, the symbiont. And it was just very like, I am, I am, blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as the uh, the troll was in, she was like, Dr. Beverly. <laughs> she was playing it like crazy again. Another thing I want to touch on, too, with as far as Beverly's um, doctoring. Yeah. I think she did a great job of separating doctoring from emotioning. Oh, as a agreed. character. Agreed. As a character. I think Although she did a fantastic job. She does lose Odon. <laughs> she doesn't save Odon. You can argue that there was no way for her to save him. Yeah, but it seems like there was no way to save him, right? I think it's presented that way, yeah. It also feels like people who beam aboard from new species should probably like bring medical records. <laughs> <laughs> The operation to implant Odon into the new host was completed at 1900 And listen to her giving her log. And appears to have been successful. Do they need the little mic There were no the difficulties in assimilation. Oh, oh I think a that's pen. a pen. Dr. Beverly, could we talk for a moment? I like the nod and no, no vocal response. You should be sleeping. You need to rest. I've never felt better. Except once or twice. Are you saying I'm not as good as your troll doctors? Also, why didn't we do this on the troll vessel? I gotta go. <laughs> My poor Beverly. This has been so hard for you. I want to thank you for your caring, for your standing by me. I congratulate you. You averted a war that would have cost many lives. Yes. It seems as though everything has turned out for the best. And yes, I am still Odin, and I still love you. I cannot imagine that ever changing. I'm glad that you're all right. A little cold. Is there to be nothing more? Perhaps it is a human failing, but we are not accustomed to these kinds of changes. I can't keep up. I think that's the buyback, right? The I can't keep up. Yes. Yeah. Will you have this host? It's what would the next one be? Maybe intentionally vague, though. What would the I next one be? How long is this? Kind of and I think they handle it very well. Mm-hmm. I also like the last moment Perhaps. between them. Someday, our ability to love won't be so limited. I understand. 
Odan. I do love you. Please remember that. Just in the inside of her hand. Well, that's how they did it. Like, I that will that they never did. forget you. And your eyes. <laughs> oh, he's really in there. <laughs> I will never forget you, Beverly. Look, I think that's beautiful. I think the whole the ending is great. I think uh, good job, Andy. Let's uh, fire up the uh, the old uh, MVC deflector array. All righty. That's a weird jingle I've never heard before. <laughs> MVC, here it comes. Wow, this person's Time doing a great MVC. Andy. MVC, who's it gonna be? Here's the MVC. <gasps> I liked it. I really liked it. Well, it's the MVC. Yeah, the MVC. Only Matt and Andy know who it's gonna be. Will it be Data? Riker, Troy, Dr. Crusher, gotta fill the time with something. There we go. At least until season three. One, two, three, four. Um, I have a lot of thoughts. I love your thoughts, and I'd like to hear some of them. Okay, first, obviously, feels like you gotta give a huge portion of it to Riker, putting himself on the line. Totally. Taking the hit for the for the to stop the war. Um and uh, and then there's Beverly who's being who's with her doctoring yeah. throughout, throughout the episode. I agree. But I feel like an unsung hero in this episode is Troy, who sacrifices her own weird you know feelings about the Riker situation and everything else immediately to take care of Beverly. I think she is responsible for taking care of Beverly, uh, which in turn is responsible for Beverly uh, you know doing the thing that you said, which is staying focused on her doctoring even through all this weirdness. Yeah, I think to that point, I think it's it's nice because you get like now that we're four seasons into the show, we have the sole understanding of these characters. We have an understanding of what their strengths and weaknesses are, etc. cetera. Uh, and I think that what we are left with is a is a Troy and her empathic beta zedness. Uh-huh. She understands emotion better than anybody on the ship. Sure. And I think that the, for her to let go like that and understand that this this new this this being that's in there, yeah, is in there. And I know that she. And I also think that she knows that it's not going to be a permanent host. He's Riker's not going to be the permanent host of that. And I think that she's helping her friend emotionally get through that. But she doesn't know, if, as as happened, they're gonna hook up while she's he's inside Riker. I think they assume. I think she assumes that they are. I think that to. the the I think the Beta Zeds are like weird me the sixties free love types. Yeah. Um, based on what we've seen so far. Yeah, I think that's true. Now, uh, Crusher, great job doctoring. And Riker, great job stepping up. Bad job piloting. Should have gotten out of the way oh, of that blast. True. <laughs> Valid. Um, and also, I don't... If I'm the captain of this ship... Let's imagine that. I'm going to put on... Let me just put on another pip here. Okay. Here we go. You're a commander. What of it? Are you usually a commander? What of it? <laughs> Do you have a problem with this? No, I just feel like there's been some promotions no one told me about. <laughs> I mean, if you had just been at the meetings. <laughs> I thought we were pretty low ranking on this ship. <laughs> um, so, 
here's what I would do. Here's my space. Here's my space captain solve for this whole episode. Okay. I take. I drive more power to the shields of the Enterprise D. Mm-hmm. I would then take it closer to the atmosphere. Okay. So that the ship can't come out of nowhere in orbit and blast away at the shuttlecraft that's going down. Essentially, I would get the shuttlecraft closer to the planet's surface Uh so that there is no space journey where it has to leave the shields of the Enterprise, go into space for a bit before it gets to the atmosphere of the planet. Right. That's what I would have done. But you wouldn't get a great dramatic episode like this. So my MVC In is, fairness, though, did they have any idea anything dangerous was about to happen? Yes. Like, they did. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Then, yeah, then you're absolutely right. Uh, so my MVC will, however, be split in half. Well, it's not, I don't even know if I can go half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go 50-50. I'm going to give it to Crusher and Riker. Crusher and Riker. I'm going to give it to... But Odin has a comm badge. Anyway, it's Crusher and Riker. And Andy, you may give it to whomever you choose. I'm going to give it to Riker and Troy, uh, only because uh, I feel like Beverly did a fine job, but she didn't save Odon. Yeah, but she's the first human doctor, Starfleet doctor, to ever take a trill out of a host well, body and put it into a human host body temporarily. Even I don't know that. that I mean, she is smart enough that to say no to Jeffy. At the <laughs> that symbiont at the end seemed like uh, she was doing fine. It doesn't feel. Maybe you can speak to this, speak to this further. Doesn't feel like it's that complicated a, a process. She popped it into Riker. She popped it into. Look, the other I mean, one. she kept the the mixture going to keep Riker Riker Odin Odan on his feet. Yeah, you know, through that process and negotiate a peace treaty. Uh, so but that's my reasoning, and you're you're giving it to Riker and Troy. Right. Okay. We did it. All right. Time for some Andrews. The Andrews. Or some other method of ranking. We're working on it. Um, this is also complicated for me because uh, there's so many things that are good about this episode. Like just sci-fi, sci-fi themes and metaphors-wise, it's just off the charts. Just like. I mean, it's not as we said. Both the trans—if you—if you assume that it is a transgender issues, which I, I believe it is, I, I accept what you're. Your yeah, take, I think it's more uh, other things the whole of there. love rather than gender. I think that's fair, but I've—I don't know. I feel like there's there's more leaning into it with the with the reversal at the end. I wrote my gender. writing down just so I don't influence Andy at all. Oh, interesting. Um, but the uh, uh, so there's that just. I mean, you know, it existed before 91, obviously, but just really, really impressive. Uh, even just the offhanded mention of global warming, impressive. Um, I just, uh, just so many sci-fi, so much sci-fi subtext. It's just really impressive or putting things in a sci-fi context. Um, so that's amazing. I think all the emotional nuances between the characters. You know what we should give in this episode is Most Valuable Friend because everybody's acting like a good friend is. Troy is. Uh, Picard is. Uh, Riker doesn't seem to be he, doing he ran out. Beverly, and he ran out after two. So there's two. <laughs> two people that are great friends in this episode. Um, and I really love the, the character interactions and the performances. You gotta dock a lot for the guy, but... Uh. 
you know, I don't know. It's interesting how much how much did he hinder the plot? Because this is the thing I'm gonna say in the end. All these things are true, but it kind of like in the sort of the way that you're you're saying about like how long do you watch that episode if you come upon it? I don't really I'm not really gripped by this episode. Uh-huh. I'm well, you can't impressed steal my by this episode. Method. All right. Well, uh, but if, to me, if, you, if you want to shade it a little bit, the distinction ahead. is is in that direction, and I think I do mix in for my Andy's like, how much am I like? That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and there's not like I think it's so impressive, but yeah. it's not like it doesn't grab me. So I'm gonna give it a six point five. Okay, we're not far off, Andrew. Yeah. 7.5 for me. There you go. Um, and I think it a lot of it is the performances, and I think that the writing was deftly handled. I think the directing was good. I really liked everybody's performances. It's a very good sci-fi story. It's the best Beverly Crusher episode I've seen to date. Hands down. Um, and and best Beverly Crusher performance. Like, Gates McFadden. She was given something to do. Yeah. Uh, totally. So I think that all that, and uh, all that being said, what did I miss? I missed a little more sciencey stuff. Just yeah. like for my own personal, this is why it's a seven point five for me, and not like a right. eight or a nine. Um, and especially, I do think if I turn it on in the first two acts, I'm not going to stick with it. But if I turn it on in the third act, I'll start watching after the rest of the show. Pass the guy. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, and that's it. So that's my seven and a half rating for this episode. Overall, a very enjoyable episode. Now, Andy, it's time to watch the trailer. For next week's uh, episode okay. of, of Star Trek, and I will do that right over here. Uh, the name of next week's episode is, I think, Minds Eye. Let me just triple check. If you could do that, if you could help me out with that. What, are, what do you need? Next name of the next episode? Oh, sorry. Uh, I think it's Minds Eye. I'm gonna type it in and see if I'm right. It's the mind's eye. Thank you. Okay, here it is. Here's the trailer for next week's episode, mm-hmm. which I will say before I watch the trailer, I always enjoyed this episode as a child. Romulan target, Jordy LaForge. He has no choice but to see what I wish him to see. Oh, They're programming him to sabotage the Federation. Do not attempt to leave orbit. You speak as if we are enemies and not allies. And brainwashing him into a ruthless assassin. Dr. Data, we have a known spy on board. I want you to kill him. Mind control on Star Trek The Next Generation. Ah, great. Uh, Romulans, Manchurian candidating uh, Jordy. Ah, sweet. uh, Yeah, so that's what we have to look forward to next week. Love it. Uh, And in the meantime, Andy, let's beam ourselves right over to the uh, President's Circle. We've got to thank our Patreon members who get so much. They get probably, on average, five to six hours extra of us every month. If you're ever like, why don't you guys do more episodes? We do. They're just over there. Go get them. Uh, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Sign up. Listen to us talk about all the Marvel movies up through the Avengers at this point. Uh, we're going to be doing a little Captain Marvel discussion over there this month. Um, but right now, I'm going to beam us. But we're probably going to go on to the next movie. Yes, or we, we are just also doing, doing that. Yeah, right, yeah. Andy. All right. President Circle. It's finally going to get a little bonus content. Yeah. Uh, let's beam over. Okay. 
was ready. You led into it a million ways, and I was <laughs> so, so many different distracted. ways. I was like, Hang "Oh, well, good. You're, you're in luck, Andy, because I accidentally just beamed us further down the hallway." Oh, <laughs> hey, hey, folks, Chief O'Brien, what are you doing? <laughs> Here we go, Andy. Now I'm gonna beam us two to transport directly to the president's circle. Okay. Still red deading it up in here. Let's let's rob a bank. You're, you're picking very, very somber, very very tense themes for. Well, it's a tense situation. These presidents of ours. Yeah. All right, everybody. Shout out to all of our patrons, and by patrons I mean patreons, patrons, patrons. I don't know. I hear everybody say it differently. Patrons. All right. That's exactly how it should be said. Right? Things are getting tense in here. Wow. All right, Andy. Oh, a little too tense. Let's turn that down a bit. Big thank you to Rob Baptiste. Lieutenant Tom Casey. Fogleg. Lieutenant Lynn Perdue. Anders Peterson. Thank you, Lieutenant Jeff Gannon. Oh. We salute you. Look, it's Lieutenant Sir Reginald Penny- Pennybottom. Oh, my God. Reginald Pennybottom. I've said it a thousand times. Lieutenant so. Jet Jurgens. Uh, Derek Atkinson, how are you? Colin Chadwick, thank you so much. Joe Sullivan, what's up? Lieutenant Matthew Weipert. Beautifully phonetically written. Sandy Frederick is here also. Lieutenant Joseph Moran. Oh, Good it's, job. it's Miriam Centeno. Lieutenant Cameron Harris, we appreciate it. This is a lieutenant who only goes by one name, and that name is Sean. Tina Rabio. Hey, look, everybody, it's Sandra Mahler. And over there is Lieutenant Amy Giles. Oh, look, it's Joyce Hudson. Lieutenant Daniel Perez, thank you. Oh, Kelly Co., what's up? Chief Petty Officer Ernesto Castagna. Uh, look, it's Veronica Wisely, everybody. I'm just going to throw something out. Yeah. If you uh, if you want to um, de-escalate your, uh, your rank, I-, I think we would accept that. Uh, it, uh, well, Chief Petty Officer is not even enlisted, so they yeah. haven't done that. But yeah. Not even an officer. That's right. Way so, to go, Ernesto. Good job. Um, uh, Lieutenant Jonathan Wentz. You know, Ernesto, let me just go back to the Chief Petty Officer of it all. Doing the grunt work. That's right. And I like it. Yeah. Uh, and Gary Martinez is here. Mark Mitchell is also in the corner. Oh, look, everybody. It's Josh Bald, host of other podcasts. Raymond enjoying yeah. some uh, original Nathan's hot dogs. Is that what he's doing? That's right. Wow. I can't believe we got those in today. They're very accurate to the original. Look, everybody. It's Alan L. And over there is Ben Badenoch. Oh, look at Brett Parsons going straight for the Apple turnovers. Lieutenant Tucker Powers. Oh, it's Marcus Erlinson. Lieutenant. It is Marcus yeah, Erlinson. Erlinson, I think, is a very Lieutenant, good last yeah. name. Would you say that's a villain or a, maybe a doctor? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lieutenant Matuine. Oh, it's Sean Nass, everybody. And over there's Laura Hansen. Oh, hey, it's Chris Casimiro. Uh, Joel, Cru- Joel Kud. Uh, old favorite of mine, Linnea Dunsel. And there's Mazato Kaeda. Herbert Urata. Uh, uh, hang on. Herbert Uradia. Is that what he said? I forget. Arudia? Arudia sounds better. Put it in the thing. Put it next to your name, Herbert. <laughs> well, Hubert. Hubert. Why did yeah. I even? I, I might. That's a little bit of my dis, minor dyslexia coming out. Hubert 
Uredia. You get more airtime when we mispronounce your name. Matthew Wright. Hubert Uretta. Wait, why did that just say Uretta? Anyway, it's a Rudia, right? I, I, I'm very Rudia. confused, and we're par- terrible people. Uh, Andrew Moberg. Lieutenant the Kembles. It's the Kembles. I love the Kembles. <laughs> the, the Kembles lieutenants. Oh, here's a clever plug. It's the Lieutenant the Blast from our past podcast. Lieutenant Captain Andrew Hook. Oh, and look, it's James Guile, everybody. Lieutenant Samuel Rebusel. Hang on. James Gilly, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, Andrew Ingram's here. Uh, Lieutenant Paul Brisk. I'm going to say that's Lieutenant Commander Paul Brisk. Yeah. Karen Vanhoff is also here. Lieutenant Hooten Waddle. Uh, Will Holsclaw is here also. Paul Carl is also over there. Uh, oh, look, everybody. It's Kristen Dees. Julian Randles. And uh, the last two that are in this week, it's Jonah Brulette and Joe Fermanek. Thank you guys so much for being with us. Wow, good timing on the music fade-out. Andy, Matt, let me ask a following question. Are we going to beam out and then we play our end thing? Is that what uh, we decided? Yeah, I think so. Fair enough. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week for uh, Mind's Eye. In the meantime, I've been Matt. And I have been Andy. This Follow Star Trek The Next Conversation on social media. You can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Star Trek TNC. On Facebook, search for Star Trek TNC and join the face group. Send comments, questions, prime correctives, and anything else to sttncpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a voice hail, call 816-TREK-TNC. That's 816-873-5862. For callers outside of the United States, use country code PLUS1. And don't worry, no one answers the phone, it's only for messages. If you've got something to mail to Matt or Andy, send it to Andrew Secunda, P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. And please send an email to let them know that something is coming. Finally, to support the podcast and get even more content, visit patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Be a lieutenant for only $5 per month or join the President's Circle for $17.01 per month.